Call Strong Build, the most comfortable call you'll ever make. Ah, yes. Hello. What's up? It's Monday. We've made it. So glad that you are here with me. It is your morning ritual. Garrett Lewis, KNST AM 792 Sons, most stimulating talk. Oh, do I have some great things for you. All right. Uh, three things I think you need to know, of course, brought to you by Strawbill Plumbing, Air, and Solar. Uh, number one, Pima County finished the week. 6.99% COVID positivity rate. Hey, how about them apples, right? 7.36 the week before. So we are very close. Uh, very, very, very close. By the way, our COVID-like uh, illness going to uh, hospitals, emergency rooms, down to 1.7% from 3.5. This is fantastic. 1,208, down to 1,208 COVID patients in Arizona hospitals. 1,208. It was 3,517 a month ago. Well, July 13th to be exact. So it's uh, what's about sixty six percent down, just about just just under sixty six percent. This is fantastic. Second thing that I think you need to know is that uh, a Santan Valley school district is having a teacher sick out today. They don't want to teach the kids. They didn't get enough training. They're by the way calling out not just because it's the J O Combs School District up in Pinal County. Uh, they don't want to teach the kids in class, and they don't want to teach them virtually. We didn't get enough training. This is just terrible. It's just not safe. All this. Oh, okay, great, excellent. So uh, they have. They're having literally a sick out today. These people. We pay their salaries, and they just don't want to work. And by the way, Queen Creek, they have uh, twelve schools in their district, from what I counted, and eight teachers quit. And the media is like, "Oh my god, how are they going to get butt? They'll be just fine." Third thing, I think you need to know. Oh, even the crooked polls are making Democrats nervous. Uh, back in early June in a CNN poll, Biden had a 14-point lead. Well, it just came out. It's now down to four points. Oh, no. Yeah, four points, right? And on top of that, uh, in the 15 swing states, and Arizona's one of them, it is just a one-point lead. For sleepy Joe Biden. But there's so many more things, by the way, that are in this that are great. How Trump has overtaken the 35 to 64 demo, which votes the most. Um, all this stuff. So we'll get into everything. Three things I think you need to know. By the way, uh, 705 this morning, we're going to have our, uh, our data analyst guru that concentrates on Arizona at hold the number two LLC. I know. I got to give him, right? We should, we should give him like a fake name. He doesn't want to put out his name. And I totally understand it. We should totally put out like a fake name. Uh, just like call him John or something, like Chauncey. You know what do you think? Should, you, should we go with Chauncey? Yeah. Should we give him like a like a messed up like a funny name? Yeah. Why not? Hey, I don't know if it's gonna. I don't. I don't. You know. I mean, I mean, his name's already his Chauncey. Mind, it's okay. Uh, nah. <laughs> Chauncey. Pretty Chauncey. sure his, his name is not Chauncey. His name is not Chauncey. Uh, you call him Jerry? Jerry? So anyway, <laughs> already so, have Jerry's. <laughs> Fusili Jerry. Should we do that for the uh, the pasta Jerry that uh, that Kramer made? Anyway, so look, there's uh, there there's there's obviously a lot going on here, and the numbers are truly staggering. So uh, Friday afternoon, a friend of mine who still sends her uh, children to the Amphi School District, which 
Apparently, there's still time to enroll in charter schools that are going to have butts in seats. Like, I'm excited. My son is going to be sitting in a classroom today. And this is not rubbing it in. I am just like, this is crazy. Five months since he sat in a classroom. Last time he sat in a classroom, I want to say March 16th was a Monday when schools were closed. Um, So, March 13th. So, it's been a little over five months and four days. It's been over 150 days since my son has sat in a classroom. And and he is going to do this today, which I think is just tremendous. It's awesome. Thank goodness I want it to happen. So he gets to uh, sit in a classroom today. And other other parents are mad because, I mean, you have all those school districts everywhere, right? Well, out of nowhere, Friday afternoon, it was like a Friday afternoon news dump. Um, Amphi Schools put out an email from their uh, their superintendent, who I asked, and I got a bunch of people that I know that emailed the superintendent of Amphi Schools, Todd uh, Jager. And he comes out of nowhere and says, so at the direction of Pima County Health Department, which, again, I wish they'd actually answer the questions, these, these, these freaking people, these Pima County, um, we are going to close schools until probably after uh, fall break. So that's what, mid-October? Two months? Two more months, just about. And I don't know if we're coming up with this stuff. Now, this is where it gets weird from the state. If you go to the Arizona Department of Health website, it actually shows that you're supposed to have less than... Their recommendations are less than 7% positivity rate in a county. But then if you go to the actual school recommendations, and they're both school recommendations, it says like less than 5 is the minimal risk, less than 10 is the moderate risk. And again, these are not even written in stone. They are just recommendations for God's sake. I mean, look at Pima County. We had 699 this week. We had 73 last week. It's headed in the right direction. Um, and by the way, it, it, that is if you look at the, the day to day one. Then, of course, they, they do the actual two weeks behind of the school stuff, right? Uh, the school things, the, this, this school part of the Department of Health website. You go to azdhs.com. I don't want to bore you with this, but it is what it is. And you go scroll down to schools and universities and you go down. And you got to click on the they have a map, and you'll click on Pima County, right? We are down to, and this is another big deal. Uh, they just released it yesterday because it's two weeks behind. Because for some reason they want to go two weeks behind. Um, August second, which was really the the data for August second in Pima County, we are down to seventy five cases per hundred thousand people. Way low than the hundred thousand. They they say got to be less than a hundred cases per hundred thousand people for two straight weeks. So we're at 75, and honestly, it should be two straight weeks. See, you got screwed in Pima County, and for some reason, the media that reported it themselves, KLD had a story on August 5th, said the last week of July, there were, I believe, uh, 700 inmates that tested positive. I saw 700, or they're waiting on more. Then they said 517 uh, definitely tested positive. These are people in a jail in Pima County, people in a prison. If you look at the Arizona Department of Health website, and look at confirmed cases by the day for Pima County. Again, not to get, you know, wonky here, but they, if you look at that, right, it shows us major decline going on in Pima County. Major decline starting on uh, July 1st. And it's going down. And then all of a sudden, randomly on July 30th, it spikes up to 605. This one day, 605, everything around it is below 200 and dropping more. And that one day is from all the prisoners. Why? It's not fair that Pima County... And the health department, this is how crooked the health department is. You're going to tell me the whole community has to suffer because 517 inmates at a, at a Pima County prison tested positive for the virus? 
And because of that, Pima County didn't officially hit the benchmark. They would have hit that one. Um, they were very close to two weeks uh, below 7%. And they are, again, they hit their third one, which is two consecutive weeks with hospital visits for COVID-like illness below 10%. They were at 3.5 on July 26th and now down to 1.7 on August 2nd. So, I mean, really, in, real, in reality, Pima County hit all this stuff. And even the media is not asking the, the dopes at the, and the crooked, they're just crooked at the Pima County Health Department and saying, why are you making the whole county suffer because a prison had spread, right? You're making businesses suffer. You're making, uh, you're making kids suffer because of this. It's ridiculous. And nothing from the media. Again, there was actually a story. Ryan, can we play this soundbite if you don't mind? Um, number 45, Melissa Egan did a story. I think it was a Friday or Saturday. It was, if, uh, Saturday. Um, anyway, where she actually points out, she actually did the right number, the percent positivity uh, testing rate. She actually said the right one for Pima County, which I, I guess the media is starting to catch on. You're welcome. Instead of looking at the summary, they're looking at the actual real number. You're welcome. Uh, and, but, but she, her own, again, her own TV station on August 5th did a story more than, uh, it, it, um, I'll read the exact headline to you. More than 700 Tucson inmates have tested positive for COVID-19. And it says 517 of those are housed at the, uh, Wheatstone unit or Whetstone unit. So that's 570 right there, but it's overset. The headline, more than 700 inmates have tested positive. Tucson inmates have tested positive for COVID-19. That was a story done on August 5th. And you had that major spike of 605 in that one day. That's when it was all reported. And yet Pima County gets to suffer. No questioning from the media. No explanation uh, from Pima County Board of Supervisors that talked to uh, the uh, the the. the Pima County uh, crooked uh, health department people. Anyway, I want you to hear Melissa Egan. This is um, this is number forty-five. Listen to what she said in her own report. The first is a decline in cases, or less than one hundred cases per one hundred thousand people for two consecutive weeks. And you can see the county did have a decline here, but. It jumped up again, and I want to note that these numbers are on a 12-day reporting lag, so officials can get an accurate look at disease data, especially when there are situations like this going on in a county. There you go. And she could have said, hey, look at this major spike in this one. But nope, nothing from her that way. So anyway, again, uh, Todd Jager, the Jager, He said, because of all this, here we go, uh, a th- after a thorough review of essential public health measures, the Pima County Health Department has provided an unequivocal recommendation that schools not reopen at this time. In fact, they projected COVID-19 conditions in the county will likely not permit reopening of schools for another six to seven weeks. That's what the, uh, the, the crooked one that runs it, Dr. Teresa Cullen, that's what she said. Dude, that place is awful. You should, just, again, bombard the Pima County Health Department and the Pima County Communications guy, Mark B. Evans, who's listening right now. You should just bombard them with all kinds of uh, complaints and their crookedness. I mean, it's, it's, and the fact that they won't answer. If I'm giving out bad information, they should put me in my place. I go ahead. If I'm wrong about this, I'm wrong anyway. So that's the latest, uh, that's going on. Uh, there are businesses, by the way, I'll let you know about this coming. There are actually some, some gyms that are opening today. They're trying to keep it quiet, the state, for some reason, but it, it's it's happening. And we'll get into more details about, uh, everything because, because there's a lot of bad stuff that the state's doing. It's weird. 
uh, if you're on Twitter, at hold, the number two LLC, he put up charts uh, yesterday, I mean, showing how they just added over 8,000 cases yesterday and then took away like 1,500 cases two weeks ago and then added cases going back to the end of July that actually lowered the positivity rate down to the twos and the three percentile, which is, I mean, that's, that's well below seven. So there's like no accurate information you could actually, you know, trust that. Anyway, it, it's, they're a mess. They're a mess. We should go on with life as we know it. I have all that coming up. Do not go anywhere. Oh, and I got great polling stuff. We'll do this at 640. Great polling stuff. Um, do you know when apparently, inf- this is how Americans are, right? You know what's going to influence a lot of people? College football. To be played or not to be played. Wait till you hear. That's a 640. It is incredible. It's all coming up. Don't go anywhere. It is your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM 790, Tucson's most. Yes, what's going on? Gary Lewis with you. Tis your morning ritual, and I thank you so much for being here. Uh, beautiful rain yesterday. I don't know if we had rain where you live, because I have no idea where you are, but I had rain where I was, and it was glorious. You didn't get any rain, Ryan? It sucks for you. It's supposed to be really hot, though, again today. 80 outside. Felt nice okay at the, the, the early this morning, uh, but 109. <laughs> 109 Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You know, I love I love, do, I love sending uh, screenshots of the the temperature to my friends back on Long Island. Am I going to be a warm one today? One hundred eleven. <laughs> it says on my iPhone, up to one hundred nine, and they're like, "What the hell?" I'm like, "I know, I know, I get it." Uh, looks like we could get some thunderstorms Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So uh, that's that's where you are. All right. Um, so uh, the scare queen herself from ABC fifteen. Nicole Grigg had a story, and again, it's like being kept quiet, where all of a sudden, because Ducey put out those ridiculously insane um, benchmarks or guidelines or whatever, mandates for businesses to reopen, whether it's gyms, everything else. Do you know there, there were 95 bars that serve food that uh, filed to get uh, submitted forms or proposal to reopen? 95 bars, 89 gyms, and five movie theaters. Four businesses were denied. Two gyms up in the Valley have been approved to, to reopen. You got to wear masks. Do you want to do that? I would. I don't want to work out in a mask. I mean, I guess if you have to work out, but I, I, I mean, you're going to have to do what you have to do. I don't like it. That that's the problem that I have, and I, you know, I'm a little freaked out by that. And by the way, you don't think people there are going to just like pull them down below their nose? You think the gyms are going to care at that point? Is the Do you think there's going to be like police sent? Right? Do you think the police are going to be sent, or somebody's going to be sent? The health department going to just stand at the gyms and stare at people? Like, is that, are we going to have this? Is it going to be like the government? Is it, you know, that that's just crazy. Um, you know, it, just, just to that point, uh, there was a piece I put, I think I put it up Friday afternoon, maybe. Maybe it was Friday. Uh, I saw it in Bloomberg Opinion. COVID spread can't only be explained by who is being bad. Seeing disease in moral terms seems to be the American way, but scientists have a lot of questions. Okay, meaning that just because there's a spread in the virus doesn't mean people are being, quote, bad. And by the way, what does bad mean? Not wearing a mask? Is that what it means? 
So in this, in this story, um, they talked to uh, an independent data scientist. <clears throat> and his name is Yu Yang Gu. I'm not making that up. First name Yu Yang, Y-O-U-Y-A-N-G, last name Gu. It's in this Bloomberg story. Uh, he said the issue with data is one can manipulate it to show anything you want if you have an agenda. Don't we know that already? Uh, cherry picking is easy. Prediction is harder. And he's getting some attention for the fact that models he's been creating since April actually forecast what's happened with the spread of the virus in America. And he went to Twitter urging public health officials to apply scientific thinking. And he, he pointed to data. You ready for this? Data on Louisiana. Cases were rising earlier in the summer and seemed to level off after various counties issued mask mandates. And you're like, oh, great, here we go. So he, though, broke down the data county by county, and he said it showed a different story. Mask mandates varied in their timing, but places that implemented them saw... It, so but places that implemented mask mandates late saw no more cases or deaths than those that did so early. So the counties that said at the very end, like what Ducey was doing, hey, no gym, hey, no mask. They saw, again, no difference in the amount of cases or deaths than the ones that, that right away, you must wear a mask. And he said, quote, I don't think there's currently enough evidence to support the fact that recent policy interventions, mask mandates, bar closures, were the main drivers behind the recent decrease in cases. So, again, I have that on my Facebook, Twitter, and Parler. It's all the screenshots, the link. You can see it for yourself. A few scientists are examining the possibility previously hard-hit areas are now being affected by a buildup of immunity. And there was a new study out. Um, it was actually a whole bunch of studies showing that there is a stronger, longer-lasting immunity now from the virus than, than scientists first anticipated. And they're still looking at it. But, I mean, it's It's there. It's there. So uh, that's that's the latest. I'll get you uh, the latest, by the way, on again the the school situation. Oh, we have we have so much to get to. So much. You know what? I'll even play for you what uh, Francisco Garcia, the number two at Pima County Health Department, who refuses to come on this show, what he said uh, about it, and then and then with with these uh, these school closures, there was an actual an op ed in the New York Times where a pediatrician wrote it, saying, "Get back to school." I'll explain coming up. Don't go anywhere on Canisty. Just so you know, you can listen at home by telling Alexa, play KNST on iHeartRadio. Yeah, enjoy the stimulation. Hi, Gary Lewis with you here. Thank you so much for hanging out. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. Uh, State Superintendent of Schools, Kathy Hoffman, continues the scare fest. And again, where are the Republicans? Like, I... Is it? I, I don't want to make people feel bad, but I, it's like, wh- what is going on here? I still see nothing. Do you see anything? And you're gonna say I shouldn't say anything? I can't. I can't call them out. Where are the Republicans to counter? Where's Governor Ducey to counter? Kathy Hoffman saying returning to in-person learning is toxic and it puts staff and teachers' lives at risk. That's what she said. Puts staff and teachers' lives at risk. So does getting in the car and driving to work every day, isn't it? I mean, she's out there. She's a mouthpiece for the union. She's not talking about the damage that's happening to the kids. 
Let's go to number 46, Dr. Francisco Garcia, Pima County Health Department number two. Another crooked guy. They're all crooked. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. When you're not willing to talk, give up information, you're lying about it. That's what they are. They're literally lying about it. Um, I want you to hear, they're being dishonest, especially with the spike that we had because the inmates, 700 inmates tested positive. 46, here's here's, uh, Dr. Garcia. We are still not out of the woods. If this is a, I keep saying, if this is a marathon, we're, we're, we, we're at about the halfway point. Uh, that still means that it's a halfway long point. way to go. Pima County's epidemiologic data uh, seems to indicate that we're getting better little by little. Little by little, okay. 1.7% uh, COVID-like illness at, at hospitals, right? One, down to 1.7. Down to 1,208 COVID patients in the whole state. 6.99 uh, COVID positive percent, uh, 75 cases per 100,000. I mean, we are crushing it. It is going away. It's a cold. It is going away. And this guy's out there still trying to scare the hell out of people. It's really disgusting what's going on. I mean, it's bad. And then these stupid teachers are just not wanting to work. I mean, public school, they're cutting their own throats. And, you know, there are going to be cases where kids get it. Or there's a case at the school, and it's not the end of the world. People get the flu. They get this. It's going to happen. And, again, it's cases, cases, cases. At 7.05, when we have our, our data analyst guru on with us, I mean, he pointed out that we are basically, uh, and he'll explain it, and I have it for you, too. If you look at his, his graphs that he makes, the baseline goes back to May 26th, and we are basically uh, just about where the baseline was uh, uh, when it comes to COVID-like illness, hospital patients, all that stuff. It's dropped that bad. So we'll get into that. Now, coming up in about five minutes, the president um, wants college football to be played. Joe Biden does not. Joe Biden wants everyone to wear a mask for the next three months, inside, outside, to bed, you name it, right? Um, guess what America, guess what swing voters think about college football and how it's going to help the president. It's incredible stuff from a pollster who got, tr- who one of the, I think one of the few guys, one of the only ones maybe, or two guys that got it right that he said Trump's going to win Michigan and Pennsylvania. Uh, wait till you hear his breakdown on this. Hi, Gary Lewis with you here. It is your morning ritual. KNSTAM 792 Sons. Most stimulating talk. Um, so, uh, here's the situation. Here's, here's the situation. There are three things I think you need to know, but I'm debating. Ryan, do you think we should, the confirmation we just got, or should we wait on that for tomorrow? Maybe wait wait just a little bit. I think so. Need to meet you, Mike. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So (laughs) thank you. You're welcome. We, we might, we might have a, a pretty big person, uh, on the show tomorrow as the president, uh, does his trip to Yuma. He's going to be in Yuma. Doesn't he realize nobody wants to go to Yuma? Especially now. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's hot. Like, I'd rather hang out I mean, here. The guy never sweats. At Fort Lowell, yeah, He never sweats. <laughs> um, three things I think you need to know. Number one is that uh, we're going to have, again, our data grew on at 7.05. But for the week, last week, Pima County finished at just a 6.99, under the 7, right? 6.99 per uh, COVID positive testing rate. Uh, and and there, there was all kinds of 
like tests dumped on at the last minute, taken away from the weeks before, added to the weeks before that. There's all kinds of crazy stuff. We'll get to all that. Our cases per 100,000 people dropped to 75. And if the Pima County Health Department wasn't so damn corrupt and they would take away the 700 inmates that tested positive for the virus, the week of July 26, we'd have two straight weeks below 100 uh, cases 100 people for 100,000 cases, which had another benchmark. And we hit a third one because our COVID-like illness in, in, in Pima County dropped from 3.5 to 1.7%. That's COVID-like illness rate at uh, hospitals. I mean, that, that's it's remarkable. Remarkable. Uh, second thing I think you need to know is that there is a sick out today at a Santan up in uh, Santan uh, uh, Valley School. It's up in uh, Pinal County, I believe. Um, it is J.O. Combs School District. Uh, 108 teachers calling out sick, even the ones that we're going to teach virtually online, because they claim it's not safe, they're not ready, not enough training, blah, blah. Give me a break. Give me a That's what they're doing. These slugs, I don't even call them teachers. Like, there are the teachers that want to teach are actually good teachers. These ones, I, I don't want to disrespect the actual good teachers by calling these people teachers. These are slugs. And by the way, Queen Creek, the media made a big deal. They have 12 schools and say they've had eight teachers resign. Eight. In 12, they're going to be just fine. Oh, they're all quitting. Good luck. Third thing I think you need to know, CNN poll shows Biden's lead has shrunk to 50 to 46. Back in early June, it was a 14-point lead. Trump's gained 10. In battleground states, 15 of them, including Arizona, Biden holds a one-point lead, 49-48. Uh, Biden had 8% of voters that lean Republican. Now it's down to four. There's all kinds of great things in that. Three things I think you need to know. By the way, and I didn't get a chance to get to this, and I, I don't want to leave you out of it because you're listening early with me, and I don't know how long you should stick with me all morning, but I understand there are, there's things like work and other stuff, right? Um, a, a pediatrician, really quick, that wrote an op-ed in the New York Times. We'll get to the polling stuff in just a second. Uh, a pediatrician wrote, kids aren't big COVID-19 spreaders. Really. New York Times And she writes, we've known for months that the coronavirus does not act like normal cold viruses that we often catch from children. The virus behaves the opposite of what we are used to. Children do not seem to get sick with COVID as frequently as adults. And yet, teachers are doing sick outs in Arizona. Sick outs. Pima County uh, schools are closed. Amphi, they're, they're, they're superintendent. What a sellout that guy is. Todd Jacobs. That's why, you know what? Um, there, I think it was, uh, was it J.O. Combs? It might have been Queen Creek. One of them where the school board overrode the superintendent. The superintendent wanted to cancel in-person learning. And the school board said, nope, you're doing it. It was one of those two. That's what happens when you have a good school board. That's why I need good people on the school board. That's it. So, anyway, let's uh, let's continue. Um, there was an interesting piece on CNN. Now, this guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I, uh, it's it's a polling company that actually again got it right in 2016, and they do polling a bit differently. It's not like the suppression polls that you see from Fox and CNN and this and that and blah 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 blah. Right, uh, Robert uh, Kaheli is with uh, Trafalgar. Trafalgar polling. And he got he got it right in 2016 that Trump was going to win Michigan and and Ohio and people or Pennsylvania and people are like you crazy, you crazy. And by the way, he says right now that Trump is going to win Michigan again. Right now. I mean, who knows things could change, right? Things could change. Um but he said I could look in those undecideds and those third party and tell you I believe 
Those people will vote for Trump. We had him down by one, but I believe Trump will win Michigan as of the last poll we did. He said there's been a wave pattern in recent polling trending for Trump. Uh, They were trending away. Now they're trending towards him again. He said as the virus went on, Trump slid. Then George Floyd was killed and Trump slid further. But then the riots occurred. Statues torn down. Leftists called for defunding police. Trump's standing started to improve, especially after the 4th of July event that he had. He said that was the first time this polar, Robert Cahaley, said that was the first time I would have told you he could have broken 300 electoral votes. He said that's why the media shifted its focus from protests back to coronavirus. So, um, he also said, it's difficult to poll recent elections because of the social desirability status. That's when an interviewee wanting a pollster to like the answer they're giving instead of giving a true answer. And he said, we've seen a disproportionate amount of Republicans unwilling to participate in polls, and you have to work really hard to get a Republican to answer. And I know people that have taken part in polls that say Biden's going to win because they want to make sure people show up to vote for Trump. So, there's that. Then he had some very interesting things to say to uh, on CNN. Um, let's go with the college football angle first, okay? Uh, number 43. He said in Michigan, 65% of swing voters want football to be played. In Wisconsin, 55%. 40, and it's going to impact the election. 43, listen to this. Here we go. We see the effect much more in Michigan than Wisconsin, but we see a large majority in Michigan, over 65%, who uh, of those that are undecided or unenthusiastic about their candidate, 65% are on the side of playing football. And in Wisconsin, it's, it's a little bit below that, it's 55 but it's a significant percentage of those people that are swing one way or the other. In both states, we show the numbers close enough that whoever wins those swings is going to be the winner of those states. How about that? So again, will those voters, because Trump's saying, I want college football, and Joe Biden's saying, no, everything should be shut down and you should wear a mask 24 hours a day. Inside, outside, you name it, right? Figure out how to eat with a mask. Just figure it out. You know who's probably pro-mask? That uh, thruple chick, Katie Hill. She probably likes the mask. Anyway, um, just an observation. So, even more, 44. Just to show you, again, will the undecided voters that want college football played really vote for Trump? 44, listen, here we go. When you break them down as to the fact that President Trump wants to play football does it make you more likely to vote for him, the numbers are higher, that they, it makes them more likely than less likely. <laughs> there are so many things that people don't realize that are going to sway people. And that, by the way, that's a bigger thing than that. It's it's about living life again and freedom and having the choice. Listen, if you're a college football player, you don't want to play, then stay the hell home. It's about freedom, you know, and Trump, the fascist dictator and tyrant, which is what they want us to believe. They keep telling us, wants you to have the choice. The others say, no, I think it's wrong, so you can't do it. That's not American. 41, he talks about that, the growing group of voters when it comes to the virus. There's a growing group. He said there's the people that want to 
You know, they think it's, well, you're going to hear it. Listen, to, well, he's, I think there's the whole thing. 41, here we go, listen. How people perceive the coronavirus is kind of defining their politics. I mean, if, if you believe it, that, you know, if you believe it's a hoax or you think it's overblown, you're in the Trump corner. And if you believe that everything needs to be shut down to you, leave, you won't leave your home until there's a vaccine, you're in the Biden corner. But if you're in the middle, yep. when you're and there's a growing group that says, hey, we're going to do what we can to be safe and protect our families, but we're going to live our life. Well, that group is growing, and how that group moves and how they perceive the candidates absolutely is going to determine how they vote. And college football is on the front line of that. There it is, freedom. You know, it's a big deal. People will literally vote that way. I know somebody that voted for Obama because he wanted to... Uh, He did something with college basketball and the tournament and the bracket and stuff like that. I'm like, are you serious right now? Well, I don't care about anything else. Okay. I mean, it's it's crazy to you and me, but people do think like that. They do think like that. Uh, one more on this. And one more. They get, again, Robert Cahaley, he is founder and like CEO of this polling group, Trafalgar. T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R, Trafalgar. Anyway, um, number 42. This is another big one on how voters are looking at the candidates. Listen. We're watching this, this divide grow. And there's, there's this, you know, this American perception, that, and I see it growing almost every week, is that we're going to uh, not fear the virus. We're going to fight the virus. And so it's, it's this movement toward we're going to try to live. And those that don't want people to live and to start to, re to move back to normal life are going to be seen as in the way of that. And I, I think that if he's not careful, he can be drawn in that box. Yep, Biden could be drawn in that box. And he's seeing it. We're seeing it grow. People are saying, okay, enough is enough. Like, we see what's going on. And look, there's some people that just don't see what's going on. And I get it. But there, it, enough is enough. Um so I thought that was very interesting. 705, we'll have more on this, uh, this, the, the uh, virus numbers here and what they mean and how hospitals, I mean, they are doing just fine. What all of it shows and how the, the state is dumping all kinds of random tests here and there and everywhere. It's just fascinating stuff. You're not going to get anywhere else, even though other media are starting to pick up on it. Thanks to the interview I did with this, uh, at hold to LLC, uh, guy, the data analyst guru with that whole group. They have a website now called a rash. Was it rational, um, rationalground.com? You can check that out. Uh, the, the the latest hoax. Now now it's funny. The Democrats are trying to say President Trump is trying to uh, steal the election with the by, by not wanting to fund the post office. Even though the post office came out and said, even if we don't get this money, we'll be just fine with putting ballots. We have not a problem. They put out we no problem delivering ballots. No problem. Um, but Nancy Pelosi's lie right off the bat, along with Obama's, is remarkable. Guess what they say? People are going to miss out if they don't get this funding. It's Hi, Gary Lewis with you here on KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. An update about 10 minutes on the uh, the entire situation with the COVID numbers. They are fantastic here in Pima County in Arizona. And yet the Amphi School District uh, Superintendent Todd Jager says, no school, no school for you. Uh, awful because of the crooked Pima County Health Department. They're giving them advice. They're all in on it together. They stink. Really quick, the latest scam. This is how desperate the Democrats are. They're out there claiming that if Trump doesn't sign Nancy Pelosi's uh, bill to give billions of dollars to the post office, votes will not be counted. Literally, votes will not be counted, right? 
And you know what the one of the funniest things is, is that uh, the postal office union, the post workers union, came out and said, even if we don't, uh, even if we don't get this, we're still we have no problem delivering the mail. We have no problem. And they want to know how deceptive this is. In the letter that Nancy Pelosi sent, it made it was public, by the way. She's calling members of the House back to vote on this. The first sentence of her letter, she literally writes. Dear Democratic colleague, the Postal Service is a pillar of our democracy, uh, providing critical services, delivering prescriptions, social security checks. Really? Let me take you back just, just a little bit to 2010. 2010, right? June 11th, 2010. The check is not in the mail. Obama administration to start direct deposit. No more paper checks. Government to save $120 million a year. So she's, you're not going to get your Social Security check. Uh, Obama stopped sending them 10 years ago. 10 years ago. By the way, Obama tweeted out last week that that's also going to, you're not going to get Social Security checks. You stopped doing it. He sent out a tweet a few days ago. That's how deceptive they are. All right. Latest numbers. Latest numbers on the Chinese virus from our data guru. It's incredible. KNST, Tucson, from the Trajan Wealth Studio, your local fiduciary, TrajanWealth.com. This is KNST AM7. Call Strong Builds, the most comfortable call you'll ever make. Hello, what is going on? Garrett Lewis with you. Here it is, your morning ritual. Happy Monday. KNST AM 792 Sons. Most stimulating talk. Three things that I think you need to know. Brought to you by Strong Built Plumbing, Air, and Solar. Uh, the good old uh, number one is that uh, Pima County for the week had a 6.99% COVID positivity rate. Hey, that's under seven. The week before, it was, uh, what was it, 7.3%. Very close. We actually fell under 100, by the way, 75 cases per 100,000 people for the week of uh, the last week reported, which is August 2nd. The week before that, it was really high because there were 700 inmates that tested positive for the virus. We didn't have that. We'd be at 100, I believe. That's according to our data guru. So things are going well. And we're at 1.7% COVID-like illness at our hospital. A three and change to one7 so we are crushing it here, even though Amphi decided to cancel school till after fall break, which is uh, you know about two months from now. Craziness, absolute craziness. Second thing I think you need to know is that Arizona schools, one of them in particular, J.O. Combs, they're having a sick out today, a sick out. Every teacher, over a hundred teachers, calling out sick uh, to that school district up in Pinal County. Because they don't, it doesn't feel safe. We get enough training for the for the for the online learning and blah 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 blah. This is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, third thing. Oh, by the way, Queen Creek. I mean, I'm seeing other stuff. I only saw a story that said eight teachers, 
eight teachers quit in Queensbridge is what I saw. And then media stories of dozens of teachers. I saw eight in the in the story that I saw. They have, they have twelve schools. They're going to be just fine. Uh, third thing that I think you need to know is President Trump, even in the crooked CNN poll, is getting very, very, very close. Very, very, very close um, to Joe Biden. It was a 14-point lead for Biden. A 14-point lead. And now it's down to four. It was a 14-point lead in a CNN poll in early June. Now it's down to four. And the president actually is only down by one in the 15 swing states, including Arizona. Uh, things, listen, I, again, I could I could be wrong and you could be very mad at me, but I my gut tells me, my gut told me four years ago, we're going to be just fine. Only if other Republicans have the same killer instinct and uh, attitude and message as the president. Three things I think you need to know. Now, joining us to go over all these uh, great, great numbers and explain it, because some of the numbers are weird and strange and everything else, uh, is our data analyst guru himself. He's on Twitter. Uh, they have a website, and all these guys and, and women, anybody else in this group, they have a website, rationalground.com. He's on Twitter at hold the number two LLC, uh, and he's our data guru, and he joins me now. What's going on, man? How you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, Gary. Good to talk to you again. Same here, same here. So we had some excellent news. Uh, Pima County, we had excellent news. We were at 6.99% COVID testing positivity rate. In the last week, we're at seven three. The week before that, we we're supposed to be at seven or below. You know, a pro- again, these are guidelines. These are not like this is what it has to be. These are guidelines. Um, we also, and I want you to talk about this. We because I want your take on this as a data guy. We are down to seventy five cases per hundred thousand uh, for COVID as of August second. The week before was one hundred forty eight. But one of the things that we talked about, and I want you to explain it, is the fact that at a at Tucson prison, there's a story from KOLD, one of our TV stations here. And it was August fifth. More than seven hundred Tucson inmates tested positive for COVID nineteen, and that was and that that was the week of that July twenty sixth when we had such a high rate per hundred thousand. Right? Is that what you are seeing as well? Yes, exactly. And when looking closely at the data, because thankfully ADHS provides us the the number of cases per day based on when the specimen was collected. So that's when the test occurred. So we know it. It's not like oh, it just they all happened yesterday. But we know the day that those occurred. When I go look at that data, you can clearly see where that 700 or so uh, cases were added. Now, we're, we're assuming that that's from uh, the prison testing, but when it's such a huge outlier, and specifically in Pima County and specifically on the days just before that article, it's pretty clear that's what's causing it. Hey, and again, I mean, in your estimation... And I don't want to put you out there, but do you think that the County Health Department should actually maybe take that off or have a caveat or something? Because that week where we had that extra 700 inmates test positive, Al, we, we jumped here in, in Pima County. We jumped big time uh, mm-hmm. from 100, I believe I'm looking at it right now, 100. Oh, let me just go back. It just switched on me. It was, yeah, 107 cases per 100,000 in July, July 19th. Then the week of July 26th jumps up to 138 per 100,000. And then August 2nd drops down to 75 per 100,000. So that's a pretty big jump up right there. Do you think Pima County should strike that or, or talk about it or explain it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, this should not even be controversial. Like, this is what I would expect, first of all, ADHS to be on top of because 
it's clear that if there is a large amount of testing done in all the prisons, then you're going to find more positives, and those are not reflective of the community spread, right? It doesn't mean they didn't get sick or didn't get infected. Sure, it's great to know. You need to know so you can take action to protect them and to keep them safe. But what does that have to do with schools opening or gyms opening or restaurants opening? It has nothing to do with that. So then first ADHS should make it very clear. I personally think they should just keep those separate. Yeah, it's okay to aggregate them in terms of showing the whole state picture. But in terms of doing the benchmarks for counties, that shouldn't be mixed in. And if ADHS doesn't do that or make it clear, then absolutely the Pima County Health Department or whoever is responsible at the county level for informing the citizens should be saying, hey, 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 we had 700 cases that were added across these dates and when accounting for those and removing them from the total, here's our new numbers. And by the way, I'll go ahead and tell you what I find, Garrett, is it's not just on July 30th that all those cases were added, but some of those cases go as far back as July 23rd and 24th, which if you look at the dashboard, that would count for the prior week, you know, the 107. And when Mm -hmm. I do the math and just try to properly take out those 700 or so cases, assuming they're from the prison, it actually puts you at 100 per 100K for the week of 719 and then puts you at 95 per 100K for the week of 726. Basically, it gives you a, you know, a straight downward slope from the prior weeks, and you'd already be below 100 per 100K. I mean, even if you don't count the one for 719 that's exactly at 100, you know, 100.2 or something like that, fine. If that's too close, 726 is as far low as 95, and it may be lower than that because I'm being conservative with my math. Uh, but if ADHS did it for you, you wouldn't have to worry about it. But if they don't, then if Pima Health would do it for you to take care of the county citizens, it would be amazing because then everyone can make much better decisions relative to the benchmarks. Yeah, businesses could be open, maybe gyms, schools could be open. Because, again, we just had our Amphi school district say they're shutting down through uh, for probably about two more months until uh, fall break is over here, which is in October. Uh, just, just based on this. And then let's talk about this. And by the way, again, this is, uh, our data guru. He's on Twitter at hold the number two LLC. Follow him. You'll get the great stuff. It's why, it's why I came up with this guy. He's unbelievable. Um, I'm looking at yesterday, uh, the, the, the chart you put up yesterday. You said on August 9th, they added 8,345 new tests. But then the week of August 2nd, they took off 556. And the week of July 26th, they took off 1,015. Which means those must be deduplicates, I'm assuming, right? So that's our best guess. And if I may, I will not only answer that question, but dig even further into what happened yesterday. Is that good? Oh, yeah. Of course. All right. I'll jump right into it. So we assume, or I, I should say I assume, and I think there's plenty of others out there that assume the same, that when we see the daily updates from ADHS, even though... The public will see, oh, 800 cases were added and 16,000 tests were added. All that means is that from the day before, that's the delta. That's the difference in the numbers that ADHS has now reported. But that does not mean that those occurred in the last 24 hours. In fact, there's changes that go back as far as March 8th. And so I always wonder, well, what are those changes? Let me go look. Well, I go and I subtract all the data from the day before and look at every week. And it's pretty crazy because most updates just add tests to this week and the week prior. Say, you know, the most recent uh, 10 to 14 days. 
But what we saw yesterday was we a big batch was added last week, 8,000, which, by the way, the 8,000 that were added last week only had 500 positives, and there was a 5.99% positivity for the state, you know, statewide. That's not just FEMA, that's statewide, which is really good, right? It's going down, going down, going down. But then the three weeks before that, they removed 1,700 tests, and I don't know why. I mean, that's such; those are such recent dates, and it's so many. Does that mean they were deduplicating? If they were, that means they were deduplicating a lot of tests. And by deduplication, we mean, let's say you go to the hospital and you get tested right away and you test positive. And then you're there under observation for three or four days uh, and you have symptoms and they test you again. Okay, you're positive. But then you get better and your symptoms go away. But before they discharge you, they test you again. Well, you're not sick anymore, but you test positive. Well, the concern has been that that's three positive tests and three cases. But then Dr. Chris said, no, we deduplicate those and we work very hard to do it. I believe her. I believe that they do. But is this the manifestation of it? Do we see those deduplications weeks and months later after the fact when it no longer really matters in the news cycle, right? Because it mattered back in May and June when those were all really high positivity rates, but now we're removing them then is that why? We don't know exactly. We would need ADHS to explain. But otherwise, what we do know is there were 16,000, quote-unquote, new tests added yesterday, but you know, almost 2,000 were removed. And half of the tests that were added were from the dates of May 17th through July 5th. Now, think about that. That's, what, as much as three months ago, two to three months ago, or, you know, six yeah. to 12 weeks ago. And But those tests that were added had a combined positivity ratio of 4% or less. But, but people don't know this. Like, they don't understand or, or realize, and it's not announced. And though media probably could figure this out, this is not just right there on the front page of the summary. I mean, to give some grace to the media out there, including yourself, Garrett, like, you need we, – we, myself and others, have to dig into the data very granularly like this to even make sense of it uh, because if you just show the daily summary numbers, you're not really informing the public. So can crazy I, can day I, yesterday I, I, with numbers for sure. It, it really is. And I want to get your take, you know, how, how can we trust it? I mean, I guess we have to, but I want to talk about that because, again, they took, like you said, 17, the past three weeks, they just took 1,700 tests off the board. Oh, these are, must have been duplicates. And then, like you said, May 31st, if you want to go to May 24th, they added somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,500 to 5,000 tests. And, 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 again, they were low positive testing rates, which goes against all these calls for lockdowns. And so I, I want to get your take on all this and what it means. And I want to go over that. And I want to talk about also because people, you know, you're not, you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart as you should, and you don't want to get paid, but there's ways people can, can support things that you like. I, I want to get, it's, it's all charitable. And I want to get into that as well. But these numbers are incredible. Don't go anywhere. He's on Twitter at hold the number two LLC. You need to follow him. I just retweeted that chart we're talking about. So you could follow along for yourself. And the whole rest of the media should as well. Uh, we'll, we'll find out more about the media getting his stuff too. More coming up. Don't go. Sherwood on Canisty. Yes, we're always continuing. It is your morning ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis on Canisty AM 792 Sons. Most stimulating talk. Uh, the numbers are looking pretty, pretty, pretty good here in Arizona and in Pima County about the Chinese virus. And yet again, uh, they are trying to keep things shut down forever, which is not good. Uh, we have uh, our numbers guru for the 
the COVID situation. He's on Twitter at hold the number two LLC and, and the, the website again, it's rationalground.com, right? That's the website you guys have. Yeah, oh. Garrett, that's it. You got it. Rationalground.com. Perfect. Okay. So uh, just looking and again, I know numbers on the radio are tough. I retweeted um, your chart. So if you're on Twitter, follow me at Garrett Lewis and you'll see it or just go to at hold to LLC. The chart that you have, which is truly remarkable, it shows, I mean, it, and the reason this really gets my attention is because the, the governor here uh, said we're going to close everything down because things aren't looking good. And, and as we were talking about yesterday, politicians just can't do any, they can't just sit back and do nothing and say it's going gonna, it's gonna to be just fine because they get attacked and they can't take the pressure. So I'm looking on May 24th, this, is, this came out yesterday, you put your chart, they, the state added 420 new PCR tests on May 24th. They added 1,512 on May 31st. They added 1,163 back on June 7th, 2,139 back on June 14th, and 1,630 back on June 21st. So that's, that's a lot of tests. That's close to 5,000 tests, if, if my math is... That's, oh, actually, it's over 5,000 tests. That's close to 6,000 tests. And here's the thing. For each of those weeks, starting May 24th, the positivity rate was 5.24, 2.38, 2.32, 3.41, 4.11, 4.12, 4.13, 4.14, 4.15, 4.16... So if you go back and, and the governor shut everything down around June 28th, June 29th, around there. And he shut it all down despite the fact that people were testing at such a low positive rate for the, for the Chinese virus. I mean, again, you're a data guy. Does that make sense to you? Well, Garrett, I do have to make sure it's really clear that these percentages are only for the tests that were added yesterday, not oh, okay. all the tests that occurred those weeks. Okay, so I'm see. That's the thing. I want to so make sure I get this right. There were higher percentages back then, so you know, not saying there there was nothing going on. There definitely was a lot going on, but these were not included at that time. Now that they're being included, you know, they lower the overall percentage, and they indicate that there were a lot of people that were testing at a low rate, but we don't know from where. Where were these tests from? What lab? What hospital? What county? Right. So it's just data that we didn't have at the time. We have it now, but it's long after the fact when it doesn't help us at all. So this, but this lowers them, and it could lower to a rate mm-hmm. where we didn't have to freak out and just hammer businesses and everything else, which took place. So decisions are being made based on data, and we're not even getting the full data. I mean, are other states this far yep. off? Is there? I mean, should we even expect better, or is this just such a weird situation that we're just going to have data thrown at us all the time? I'll put it this way: there are a lot of states having a lot of problems, very similar to this, because they were not equipped for this. And they're used to providing this data over months and years that then gets studied and shown at the CDC, not shown to you, me, every mother, father, and, you know, parent and government official every day. So I am trying to provide some grace, but that doesn't mean we can't expect more. And even if the data is weird or strange or difficult to come by, I think we need better explanations of what it means, especially this. When you see this type of distribution of tests and cases, positives and negatives all the way back to March, I think it's a responsibility of ADHS to say exactly why, because then we can understand it better and put it into context. And if for some reason they don't know why, well, then we obviously have a much bigger issue that needs to be addressed. But without them telling us, we all have to make assumptions. We all have to wonder. We all have to doubt so that's where I think the improvement is needed. They can improve the systems. Like, that can be done. But they also need to improve the communication of what's happening here because the daily summary is not sufficient. 
No. And I'm, I'm encouraging all media that listen to contact you and they could, they could contact you on Twitter and you'll explain it to them the same way you've explained it to me. Like I talked to you yesterday for a couple hours because you tweeted out a mm-hmm. chart and you, you wrote, you wrote about the chart. Look how close the COVID-19 inpatient and COVID-19 ICU are to overtaking the regular mm-hmm. census. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, what, what exactly does that mean? And you kind of explained it. And you said basically the baseline was at zero on May 26th. And you told me to follow the lines and Mm-hmm. They never the the COVID and for you tell me the COVID nineteen uh, patient and the COVID nineteen uh, patient that's in ICU never got really super high. They were always right. and, and now they're getting back down to where it was almost like May twenty sixth, right? Right. Yeah. I, and I hope that people are able to look at the chart because I know you just retweeted it or showed it. Uh, yep. For anyone that happens to be following along while listening, or if you listen later and try to follow along, this is a line chart that I have with a bunch of colors, blue, green, orange, yellow. And at first glance, it probably is very confusing. But when I explain it, hopefully it makes a lot of sense. So when I say that the chart starts at a baseline of zero, what I mean is whatever the numbers were on May 26, which, by the way, was right before all the numbers made an upturn, like before the COVID numbers turned up, it was around May 26 when things were sort of flat and baseline. I consider that the baseline. That's the starting point. But because all these metrics are on a different scale, there's no really, there's no real good way to show them on the same chart. So what I did was I based them on percentages. I said, what is the percentage increase from May 26 over time? And as you watch, what you see is the cases, which is blue, shot into the stratosphere, but we don't know how much of that was people testing twice, how much of that was testing everyone that comes into a hospital or testing everyone in the nursing home every week, right? We don't know where all those cases came from or why or how. We just know there were a lot of them, and it caused a lot of, I don't want to say panic, but a lot of fear, a lot of concern, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then also the hospitalizations for COVID started shooting up. But as you notice here in the orange line, they only went up about a quarter of the size of the cases, And then if you look even lower at the gray and purple lines, that's just the regular hospital bed usage. Those went up a little and then stayed flat for the last eight, nine weeks, while the other curves went way up and then went way back down. And there was, I'm not saying there was no impact to the hospitals. There definitely was. It was, it was a madhouse, but they didn't get overrun or overwhelmed to the point they didn't have any beds. And as you can see here, just from the data, it stayed very flat. And even now, when they're coming down, if you look at the downside of the orange and yellow curves, look how low they are. They're almost all the way down to the regular baseline of the standard bed usage, the gray and purple lines, and they're crossing over. They're basically going beneath the regular bed usage for inpatient and ICU. So it's kind of odd that COVID could shoot up that much in the hospitals and then shoot back down, but the overall hospital capacity doesn't change. The, the percent usage doesn't change. And frankly, I don't think they're going to go down in the ICUs and hospitals because 80% or so is good. I mean, they, that's how hospitals make money. Uh, that's how they got to keep the beds used and filled and keep people employed, right, so they're not furloughing staff. I mean, there was an article by Banner about Banner back in April saying they were losing 400 to $500 million a month because electives weren't allowed. Well, now... You know, electives are allowed, and the hospitals are good at uh, moving patients in and out, right? As the COVID patients are going out, they're like, oh, let's get other patients in that have been needing to get things done. And anyway, so as of yesterday or as of this weekend, the 
COVID inpatient and ICU have dropped essentially all the way back down to baseline for where we were back when uh, reopening occurred and, you know, the lockdowns uh, left off. That's incredible. And if you could just, and I'm running short on time, I want to talk to the charity aspect, but so what does that mean to you? Okay. Like, do you think that we are burning out of this? I mean, do you, I don't, if you don't want to say anything, don't say anything. But when you look at that, all this, all this data, mm-hmm. uh, as a stats guy, what is, what is, what do you think that means? So, and this is my opinion, not, don't take it as a scientific evidence or from a, an epidemiologist or anything of that nature, but we are seeing the same pattern play out worldwide and in states like other hot states like Florida and Texas. It, it's, it's the same pattern. It shoots up like a, and comes down like a bell curve. And in my other charts, I showed that the point at which Arizona hit its peak was a few weeks after the serology positivity started shooting up, which meant there were more people in the community that had it. That's called seroprevalence. That's the prevalence of people that have it in their blood, right, have exposure to Mm-hmm. COVID, and when that starts to go up, there's less people that can get it, and it and it creates. I mean, people use the term herd immunity. I try to use herd resistance because it's not like everybody has it, but enough people have it, along with cross-reactive immunity and adaptive immunity uh, from people that have strong immunity immune systems, like young and healthy, that it gets to the point where there's not as many people that can get infected, and those that were most susceptible have mostly gotten it. Doesn't mean no one will get infected. Doesn't mean it goes away forever. But this is the type of pattern you see where it it dies off and becomes just sort of a low background noise. I think that's what would continue. Uh, but again, that's that's my opinion, and that's after watching a lot of other states and countries. And uh, I think Arizona is in a in a really good spot to start considering, you know, living life again. And, and just uh, just right, and I appreciate all this stuff at Hold the Number Two LLC. Uh, is your Twitter handle. You also have a website because people are now contacting you, asking you to do stuff, things, and, uh, you know, th- this is something you're doing just because you think it's the right thing to do, right? This is this is kind of what you right. do also. I don't want to get into too much of it. Um, and people are asking how they, they're so appreciative of what you're doing. They want to know what they can do to thank you. Um, and, you you know, you're basically saying, let's let's do some charity stuff. And I, I told you about, mm-hmm. you know, a charity here in Tucson uh, that is close to you. You're, you're big on equine therapy, and there's a place called Trek, T-R-E-K, trektucson.org. They're a great local charity. They use horses and animals to help uh, uh, kids and, and other people get help that they need, families get help that they need uh, in stressful situations and rehab in that aspect. Um, you want to talk about that? And, and that if you want people want to help and they want to say thank you, that's that's something that yeah. you support? I'd love to, and I appreciate that, Garrett. And, and I want everybody to know that the whole two business, which I have, is got two main purposes. One is to to build uh, assets or build uh, value in the community for myself and for others. But then the second part of our motto is share. So the whole point is to build as much as we can, whether that be investments or assets or just knowledge in in the community so that then we can take the uh, proceeds and the results of that effort and share it as much as we can with those who need it the most. And my particular passions are around helping veterans and first responders but also uh, underprivileged children and then also uh, homeless and just underprivileged people in general. So those are the topics that I care the most about. And then because of uh, some personal reasons, I particularly am fond of equine therapy, which I think is an amazing thing. And if no one has seen the movie The Mustang, although it's a little bit of a tough movie being in a prison, I would recommend it. And uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. 
but uh, there are organizations out there that do this where they use animals or, or horses in many cases to help teach people, you know, calmness and patience and connection with a, a, a sizable animal. Well, TRAK, by the way, it's T-R-A-K, just to get that right, is in Tucson, and that stands for Therapeutic Ranch for Animals and Kids. So this one's amazing because I do a lot of equine therapy support for veterans and first responders, but to have it also for kids and in Tucson, what an amazing organization this is. So you can either go straight to the site of tracktucson.org, but also if anyone ever wants to support me or thank us at Hold2 for what we do, we don't accept any donations directly or any fees or payment. But we have on our website, which is hold2llc.com, we have a, a section where there's a couple of charities, and we're going to be adding more over time, but there's a couple that are uh, important to me where you can click donate directly, and so it doesn't go through Hold2, it does not come to us, it goes straight to the organizations, and if anyone ever wants to provide thanks in any way, that would be the best way to do it, and we appreciate you. I thought it would be awesome to add a local Arizona organization. That's why we have Track Tucson on there. And I do appreciate you making me aware of them because I think it's an amazing mission and that is directly in line with our mission. So I appreciate that. Well, that, well, again, we appreciate everything that you do and you're you're opening the eyes of everyone. And again, the, the media around Arizona, they're all kind of catching on now, aren't they? Well, not all of them, but a good amount are, are contacting you and catching on uh, to the uh, how they were reporting it incorrectly and you've kind of guided them to the correct way of reporting. If you want to talk about it. Yeah, actually, we've had some great success. There was a, a complete shift last week in reporting the correct positivity, which is what you and I talked about on the first radio show a week ago, and it has made a huge change. I've seen uh, Fox 10 and AZ Family on CBS. I've seen Will Humble do a whole blog post about it. You know, it's like everybody is on it now, and they see what it is. And frankly, what's ironic is I think a lot of people were vilifying or questioning the governor and Dr. Christ for saying the lower number, but they were right the whole time. So they were right, but nobody understood why they were right or where to find it. Now we've taught everybody where to find it, why it, why it's right, why Johns Hopkins is wrong. And John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins doesn't know why they're wrong. They're just showing the data that's on the daily summary. But now that we've gotten that straightened out, that's not really the issue. Now we can move on to the bigger issues and focus on the benchmarks. But, yeah, it's a, it's a sea change, and that was wonderful to see. And I appreciate that, you know, AZ Arizona media was willing to accept the fact that maybe that was wrong and now we need to report it right. And um, I think there's more changes that need to be made, though. There's a lot more that media could be pointing out that is positive. There's also some questions they can be asking that need to be asked and answered by both the governor and ADHS. Look, it's not all one-sided here, and I'm not here to make media look bad, nor to make the governor look bad, nor anyone look bad. I just want to help inform everyone so they can make good decisions and we can get through this, so. So far, making Very progress. Cool. Making progress. Listen, uh, we'll get you on again. We were really late, but we needed to get it all out there. And I really appreciate everything you're doing. I'll be in touch with you at Hold, the number two LLC on Twitter. Thank you so much for all the analysis. Have a great day. Thank you, Garrett. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. We'll continue. Your podcasts. Hi, Gary Lewis with you here. It is your morning ritual on KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Thank you for hanging out with me. I appreciate that. I know this is going to be short, but the last one was long. It's still the same amount of time. Um, it was just a, a lot of uh, really good uh, information. And again, you heard all that. 
and you heard how good it is. I mean, there's always this, listen. It's it's a cold. People are going to get sick. Doesn't mean they're going to die. By the way, these yet yet they still again close down schools. Right, Amphi close down the schools. I mean, it's like it was baked in the cake. Uh, think about this, right? The, the story that came out August fifth, and it was based on data the last week of July. That 700 inmates in Tucson or Pima County were uh, they tested positive for this Chinese virus. How many, up, how many of them ended up in the hospital? How many ended up dying? All right. All we see are numbers going down and going down big time. We'll get an update uh, in the next hour. We are down to, in the state of Arizona, I mean, just think about this. We are down to 1,208, as of yesterday, 1,208 Chinese virus, we're going to call them COVID, COVID patients in the hospital. There's just 1,208 in the whole state. There were 3,517 at the peak July 13th, just over a month ago. So we're down about 66%. That is absolutely phenomenal, right? Phenomenal. And yet, this is what we, this is what we're dealing with, right? And if people have had enough, man, they've had enough. I'll give you a crazy story. Crazy story, right? I saw this, uh, uh, yesterday. 17 year old, this is from the Hill. 17 year old Chili's hostess attacked by diners. For enforcing social distancing. Honestly, I blame I blame the local authorities. This is in Louisiana, by the way. I blame businesses, but before I even blame businesses, I blame the local cities and towns and counties for making 17-year-olds be the social distance police. Like, why are you putting people in that position? And why are employers, employers feel like they have to put their employees in that position because they're afraid that the, the local government is going to attack them and ruin their business. It's not their job. Especially how many of these local sheriffs and police aren't even going to enforce it. Because it's just insane already. Kelsey Wallace, 17 years old, said she was attacked last Sunday after she told a group of 13 people they could not sit at a single table. She said, quote, my general manager tells us we're not supposed to sit at a table over six because of the coronavirus. They had 13. She said the diners became upset and attacked her before she could reach her manager. She goes, she pushed me. And when she pushed me, all I knew was to push her back. And that's when her her and her daughters, they all came. They're all grown women. I'm 17. They're 20, 30, 40. I'm standing there. They're beating on me. They're beating this poor 17-year-old girl. And, you know, that's why nobody knows. Maybe these people just said, I'm over this. I'm sick of it. It could have been the 10th time that day. Then time that week, they were told, you can't do this. And they're saying, I want to live my life. So that's the latest. I have much, much more to get to, by the way, including, um, well, just some uh, incredible stories uh, about how people are leaving. They are leaving in droves from very popular cities. They're getting the hell out. You don't think that's going to affect the election? Oh, it is. Don't go anywhere. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 792. Location or on video from home. Hi, right, Garrett Lewis with you here on KNST, AM 792. Sons, most stimulating talk. Your chance at a grand in your hand is just minutes away. Tomorrow, by the way, at 7.05, we're going to have uh, Don Jr. on talking about his dad coming to Arizona. So we're going to have Don Jr. on tomorrow morning 7.05. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Okay, we'll get to the 
these stories about people leaving these big, beautiful cities. They were big, beautiful cities. Now they're just hell holes. Uh, and then we got to get to uh, also, again, these teachers. What do you think about these teachers? And you want to sound off on them, these dirtbag teachers. And not their, And I shouldn't even call them teachers. They're just dirtbags. I don't want to insult teachers. They are calling for sickouts here in Arizona. It's all coming. KNST Tucson from the Trajan Wealth Studio. Your local fiduciary, TrajanWealth.com. This is KNST AM 790. And I. Call Strong Builds, the most comfortable call you'll ever make. Yes. Yes, we continue. Hi, it's Garrett Lewis. It's your morning ritual. Thank you for making it that way on KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know brought to you by Strong Bill Plumbing, Air, and Solar. Uh, the old number one is that, uh, I mean, we are doing really well here. Pima County finished last week at a 6.99% COVID positivity rate. Under the seven, the week before you at 7.3, so we're very close. We'll probably be under seven this week, and then we'll hit it. Um, they did screw us, though, because the 700 inmates tested positive the last week of July. Um, the, the August, and they're two weeks behind on this, but August 2nd is the latest data we have for the, uh, you know, 100K, you know, the, we need 100 cases per 100,000 people in each county. And we, this, August 2nd, 75 per 100,000. So we crushed that. The week before, though, it was like 138 because you had those 700 inmates test positive in Pima County for the virus. And the uh, nobody's calling on the Department of uh, Health here in Pima County to change that. Or just say, you know, maybe you shouldn't, you know, make businesses and gyms and schools suffer for that. No, no. they're going to let that one go because they want it to be that way. Honestly, where is anybody in the media saying, why are you covered? Why are you counting this? Even in the, the general population of the community, um, the COVID-like illnesses down to 1.7%. It's got to be under 10, 1.7. Week before that was 3.5, I believe. Um, and, just, and we are doing great here in Pima County. Yeah, 3, July 26, 1, 7, August 2nd. Isn't that great? 1, 7. It's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, so we, we are crushing it. 1,208 people with the virus, COVID-19 patients in hospitals in Arizona. 1,208 in the whole state of 7-plus million people. It was 3,500 a little over a month ago. We're crushed, and yet they want to. Amphi closes schools for the next six, seven weeks. Crazy. Second thing I think you need to know um, is that uh, there has been a sick out. Uh, J. O. Combs School District, Pinal County, 108 teachers said not coming in. They're not even teaching virtually online. They hate our kids so much they just don't want to do it. Uh, again, from what I read, and it could be more, but the story I read said eight teachers quit Queen Creek. They have 12 schools. All right, we'll replace those eight teachers. Who wants to work? Who the hell these entitled punks think they are? We have 30 million people, 20 million people, whatever it is, unemployed. And these idiots don't want to go work. They're too dumb to understand science or whatever it is. Uh, third thing I think you need to know. Uh, back in early June, CNN poll had Biden up 14. Another one just came out. He's only up four. He's only up one in the 15 swing states, including Arizona. Oh, I have more on that coming up. This is great. Three things I think you need to know. Matter of fact, I got an email real quick before I talk about the, the hotspots. Uh, guy that emails these solid emails, solid takes, sends me an email. 1,200 people in hospitals, 7.2 million people, and schools, bars, gyms, and water parks are closed. Grocery stores, got to wear a mask. Can't sit with a group at a restaurant, which are 50% closed. And he writes, I was in New Mexico yesterday. Mandatory mask everywhere unless you're eating. I saw several people carrying apples. Got to love the ingenuity of the American people. Yeah, Can't tell. I look, I'm eating this apple right here in my hand. Got to wear masks all the time in New Mexico. 
Anyway, I, listen, I got, I got a bag of chips in my hand. I'm going to eat it. They're just selfish. Yeah, okay, sure. So we have that. Man, we got to get to the teachers. But first, I mean, there's, there are some glorious stories because people are starting. You want to say people are going to get it. And this is why, again, I think that Trump is going to roll Biden. And we have Don Jr. on tomorrow morning at 7.05. So um, why do I think we're going to roll? Well, I'm glad you asked. Story and PJ Media about people in Hollywood, these Hollywood libs, right? These elitists, guess what they're doing? They're leaving. They're leaving. They can't, it can't get out more quickly. Uh, here's, a, here's some parts of the story. A makeshift tent city made up of flack, uh, flacking, uh, flapping tarps and cardboard boxes surrounds the gym on all sides. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger's old gym, actually. Junkies and the homeless. This is in Hollywood. Junkies and the homeless, many of whom are clearly mentally ill, walk the palm-lined streets like zombies. All just three blocks from multi-million dollar homes overlooking the Pacific. Stolen bicycles are piled high on pavements, littered with broken syringes. TV bulletins are filled with horror stories from across the city of women being attacked during their morning jog or residents returning home to find strangers defecating in their front gardens. This is in Hollywood. Today, Los Angeles is a city on the brink where sale signs are seemingly dotted on every suburban street as the middle classes, particularly those with families, flee for the safer suburbs, many choosing to leave Los Angeles altogether. British-born Danny O'Brien runs Watford Moving and Storage and said there's a mass exodus from Hollywood. Mass exodus. By the way, this guy that owns this, Danny O'Brien, British-born guy, runs Watford Moving and Storage. He's also leaving. He's going to Tennessee. He said liberal politics has destroyed this city. The homeless encampments are legal, and there's nothing the police can do. White, affluent, middle-class folk are getting out. People don't feel safe anymore. Remember Lou Ferrigno, the Hulk? He's getting out. He's leaving. His wife. There's a story about he and his wife. His wife, Carla, said, One morning around 7 a.m., I opened the curtains in our beautiful Santa Monica home, and looking up at me from our driveway were three gang members with tattoos on their faces sitting on our retaining wall. They were catcalling me and being vulgar. I motioned I was going to call the police, and they just laughed, flicking their tongues and showing me their guns. Lou Ferrigno then said, we put the house up for sale after 40 wonderful years and moved north. We feel lucky to have made it out. Now we're in a, we're in a wonderful place and very happy. Can't do anything. Liberal California. Right? Liberal California. It's not the only place. How about New York City? Oh, there's apartments that are sitting empty. People are getting out. There's a story I saw at Fox Business. New York City faces ec- business exodus. Officials unclear as to full extent of losses. Some businesses have seen as much as an 85% reduction in revenue. They're getting out. More than 420 companies have already filed for bankruptcy protection in 2020. In New York City, they're getting crushed. Crushed. I don't have to go to all the details, do I? I mean, you get it, right? Well, there's a place called the Bryant Park Grill and Cafe. Reduce their size, right? 
They've been forced. They were a thousand seat indoor capacity to only patio service. They were making 12 grand a day and it's dropped to a fraction of that. Can you imagine? And the uh, Michael Weinstein, the chief executive of Arc Restaurants, the parent company for this, Bryant Park Grill and Cafe, said, there's no reason to do business in New York. I can do the same volume in Florida and the same square feet as I would in New York with expenses being much less. Oh, boy. There's other businesses just getting out of New York, 100%. 100%. A chief operating officer for Veggie Grill, Jay Gentile, said, we have two and a half hours at lunch and two and a half hours at dinner to make our money. We're still paying very high rent. It's unsustainable. Dude, they're gone. They are, they're leaving. They're gone. And I don't blame them. Uh, you see, Macy's in Chicago is thinking about leaving because they've been looted twice in a week on their phenomenal, what is it, Miracle Mile, I think it is? Looted twice in a week. And they're like, what are we doing here? Is it worth it? There's no protection. Is it worth it? Hell no, it's not worth it. Got to get out. Got to get out. Uh, because nobody wants to be in those areas. Uh, like Portland, 81 straight nights. Did you see this video going viral, by the way? Some guy crashed his truck. I don't know if he was trying. They, the Antifa nuts claim he was trying to run them over. I have not seen the official story, but somehow his truck ended up on the side of the, like on a sidewalk. They, the, the Antifa goons dragged this guy out of his car, punched him a few times, set his truck on fire, and then while he's sitting there, somebody comes up behind and kicks him. They, he's sitting on the, the guy runs up and kicks a Nike to the side of the head, knocks the guy flat out unconscious. Streets of Portland. Streets of Portland. Why would you ever want to go to these places? There were over 60 911 calls unanswered to Portland police. And by the way, Portland police were nowhere to be found while this guy got the crap beat out of him by the mob. Like, I don't, why would you even drive down there? And it doesn't, I'm not excusing that. Like, these, these thugs, there's videos all over the internet. And they, the guy who kicked him in the head, he's clearly shown. By the way, he was wearing a security shirt as if he's actual security. And you want more on that, by the way. Oh, you know what they're doing out there in Portland? They're throwing chunks of concrete at the police. Chunks. uh, The police recovered a nine and a half pound chunk of concrete that somebody threw at a cop as he drove by in a truck. Nine and a half pounds. They're throwing frozen eggs, frozen water bottles, shining lasers in their eyes. Yeah. This is going to greatly affect what happens in this election. People people don't want this. There's some crazies that will cuz they're just literally crazy. But they don't want this. And the media acts as if it's like okay and there are officials that claim it's 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 okay. These people are out there and they're just they're mad about George Floyd still. They had nothing to do with George Floyd. These are just people that hate cops and are called they're anarchists. They're domestic terrorists. Officers reported having rocks, frozen eggs, glass bottles, and frozen water bottles thrown at them. Would you want to be a police officer there? Meanwhile, apparently Portland's mayor Ted Wheeler is tweeting about the NBA. And criticizing uh, Trump for not sending more money in. While people are literally going at they're destroying property, trying to maim and kill the police officers. I mean, 
People see what's happened. There's a, there's a reckoning coming. There is a reckoning coming. And speaking of reckoning, and I have more of these crazy stories, by the way, of, of, of how these people are acting and what they are doing. But we got to get to the teachers here in this state. Oh, actually, before we even go there, I just told you about this. This is a good time to play this real quick. Ryan, 48 really quick, really quick, 48. I'm, run, I'm running behind on time. But 48, um, this is uh, one, of the, one of the squad, Democrat Congresswoman Ayanna Presley is on MSNBC on a show that nobody watches, so you didn't see it and you didn't hear it. But 48, she actually is calling for more domestic terrorism in the streets. There's a member that's been elected to Congress. Listen to this. You know, this is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American people in harm's way, um, turning a deaf ear to the needs of our families and our communities, hold them accountable. Well, make the phone call, send the email, show up. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. And unfortunately, there's there plenty go. to go around. More unrest. There you go. And by the, I mean, they're calling for more violence. This is the Democrat Party. And by the way, President Trump's brother died, and uh, these classy people started uh, the hashtag wrong Trump. This president's been given no respect. Zero zip zilch. No respect. And he's the one guy that actually wanted to work with both sides to do common sense stuff. Wrong Trump. Classy. Uh, we'll get to the teachers coming up because it's a big deal. They're calling for sick outs here in Arizona. Don't go anywhere. To- Gary Lewis with you here. Hi, KNST AM seven ninety two sounds most stimulating talk like one hundred nine every day for the first few days. Then like one hundred eight to cool down, but we have a chance of thunderstorms Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. As of now, it can always change. Don Junior on the show tomorrow seven oh five. You don't want to miss it. Um, Ryan and I were just talking real quick as we're getting uh, destroying these people. I don't want to even call them teachers. These are just dirt balls. And honestly, teachers should be calling out these fake teachers. Uh, but we had a great interview with our data analyst guru. It'll be up at KNST.com in a little bit. And, oh, look at this breaking news. Trump grandchildren going back to class. How many people hope they get something, by the way, because they're sick? So Ryan's like, you know, you're giving out great information uh, from this guy, you know, our guy at Hold to LLC. He's part of the whole uh, uh, rationalground.com. All these guys on Twitter, they have a website now putting out great information. And right, you know, you said what, uh, that you want people that actually, now we put out this information, there are people that can actually make an impact with it as well, and nobody's doing it. Actual stats, actual hard numbers, there's no fuzzy math here, and the people who are in control of things, who actually look at these numbers and supposedly know how to interpret them, don't actually do anything with the information. And it's very frustrating that you give it out, and either A, come and say, no, you're wrong, Garrett, and here's why, A, B, and C, or, hey, you're right, let's move this timetable and get the kids, because everything is for the kids in an election year, back into school but not not this yep. time no it's not about the kids exactly it's about the teachers no well and, and again here's the thing and i hate i don't want to beat a dead horse all right and on, honestly there are there are republican lawmakers in this state that are right now listening and they're like i don't know why you're picking on us like we support everything you're saying but what are you doing yeah you support writing a letter in a tweet writing a letter in a tweet doesn't do it you know you know now that you have all this information and you can get a hold of this guy too he is dying to talk to every member regardless of your party uh, here in Arizona, every elected person. 
so they could set it straight so that he could say, look, this is what I see. This is what the real numbers are. And there's a lot of policies that don't make sense. And you could take this and you could get up there, a bunch of you Republicans, and call a press conference and put pressure on Ducey. But you just won't do it. You just want to get businesses open, to get schools open. You just won't do it. You just won't do it. You what, know, and that, that's where it's frustrating. And what's so hard about calling this guy up? Do you think it's going to make you look like a cuckoo or something? This guy is an, yeah. is an actual guy who does stats. He does this for a living. Yes. Yes. So just talk to him and go, okay, you're number tell you, Unless you, know. you don't understand the information he is giving and, and you don't want to look dumb. Which well, is, again, I, I didn't. And then that's why you have to ask questions. And but that's again, what they, he does. they just don't even want to get it. You know, the Gail Griffins and the, and the Finchams and the Brett Roberts, the Vince Leeches. I'm only doing the local people. You could do every single Republican lawmaker here in, in the state of Arizona. Why are they not running with this guy? It's, it's there. And look, because let me tell you, more Phoenix media are doing it. There's actually going to be, I probably shouldn't say it, but there's yeah, going to be some national stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's there's going to be a lot coming out. And these, you know what? In, in the Republican, and that what bothers me is that if it was a Democrat, trust me, if it was a Democrat governor, these same Republicans would be taking it. They'd be calling me. They'd be taking this info and they'd be running with it to the media and everywhere. What's that website again? Uh, 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 rational numbers. ground, ra- oh, ra- it's everything. All the news stories. Rationalground.com. Follow them on Twitter at hold the number two LLC. And now we have a sick out. Like in the, you know, Republicans. If you, I could be, I believe, I'm old enough to remember what happened two years ago, right? When the red Fred thing happened. Mm-hmm. Republican lawmakers were calling out these teachers that left their jobs to go strike for demanding more money and more this and more that, right? Republicans are saying you are leaving our kids behind. You can't do this. You have a job to do. You're obligated. Why are they not saying it now? Right? There are teachers that just don't want to work. Again, you have an entire school district where every teacher called out sick. J.O. Combs School District up in Pinal County. They called out sick. 108 of them. Even the ones that were supposed to teach virtually. They called out sick. These slugs. They're not even teachers. They're slugs. Other teachers should be ripping them. They literally, that's it. They said, we're, we are having a sick out. These are the, these are the, you know, I go to the grocery store. There's a great guy in my grocery store. He's probably 70 years old, right? He's at the deli counter. Nicest guy. Every time I go to the grocery store, he's there working. He doesn't miss a day. Have you missed days? He hasn't missed a day. And teachers, these these fake teachers at J.O. Combs, oh, I'm scared. I'm this, I'm that. I'm You don't understand. I'm scared. Really? Dr. Gregory Wyman, he's the superintendent of J.O. Combs, wrote a letter. Due to these insufficient staffing levels, schools will not be able to reopen on Monday, which is today, as planned. They're supposed to have butts in seats. This means that all classes, including virtual learning, will be canceled. At this time, we do not know the duration of these staff absences and cannot cannot, uh, yet confirm when in-person instruction may resume. Yeah. It says here in the ABC 15 Scare Station story, teachers are expected to simultaneously instruct students in the classroom and those at home via live stream. One teacher believes they were not adequately prepared to cater to both types of learners. So you're just going to quit? It's going to sick out. One teacher said, quote, my coworkers do not feel safe. Metrics being met is a big deal. 
Really? I don't think it is. The district school board voted against a superintendent's recommendation to move in-person education October. Good for them. Nope, we're going to start it Monday. They also shot down a motion to forgive a $1,000 penalty for teachers and $2,500 for administrative staff that decided to break their contract due to COVID-19. Everybody else has to work. Everybody else has to work. Why do they think they are so special? We will continue. Do not go anywhere. It is KNST. On KNST. Yes. Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 790. Tucson's most stimulating talk. I mean, these teachers are, are real. And not, again, they're not, they're not even teachers. They are, they are not even teachers. How many people are out of work right now? Maybe we should replace these teachers with people that are out of work. They'd probably do a better job. They'd have to do a better job. Again, there was a pediatrician that did a piece in the New York Times. Wrote an op-ed and said, uh, yeah. Kids aren't super spreaders. We know this. We know the science behind it. Like, it's, it's right there. And when Kathy Hoffman, our superintendent of schools in the state of Arizona, is now saying that it's in-person learning, returning to in-person learning, she said is toxic, and it puts staff and teachers' lives at risk. What about the kids? What about their livelihoods? Every country in the world is putting kids right back to school. Every single one, right? Every single one. And yet we're not, because these, these fake teachers... And that's what they are. They are fake teachers. They don't care about the kids. They, oh, we do it for the kids. No, you're not. You went on strike a couple of years ago. Now you're being a bunch of wusses now. What are you going to do when the flu hits? And again, what about the numbers that are happening? What about the fact that we're driving down everything? This virus is literally going away. People are going to get a cold and that's going to be it. What other profession allows you to do this? And they're literally turning their backs on our kids. They never, by the way, they never will ever have another leg to stand on when they're like, listen, we're just going on strike for the kids. We need to do better for the kids. We need more funding for the kids. It's never about it. Like they have just ruined any credibility they had with people. And they ruined it with me a long time ago. These fake teachers. What happens next time they ask you for more money and they ask for more stuff? What do you think the reaction is going to be, huh? This is what we have to, to deal with, an entire sick out. Get out of here. Again, I'm just lucky that we yanked my kid out of public school, and he is, he's going back. He's uh, Right now, his butt is in a seat in the classroom, and it's been five months, and it's exactly what he needs. You know what? His teacher, and at his school, those teachers, they want this to happen. I'd get out of public school, hurt him in the wallet. They are killing their own jobs. Yep, all coming up. Don't go anywhere. I have so much more to get to, including the latest from the post office. Oh, and guess what Obama said apparently about Biden? Dude, this guy's a disaster. Oh, and you know when we come back first thing? Trump. Oh, Trump on fire this morning. He said a lot of things, but I have one in particular that I want to play when he talked about debating Joe Biden. It's coming up. Don't go anywhere. KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Now, Grand Canyon Janitorial Supply. Oh, I love this store. Ryan might love it more than me, and I'm friends with the guy. Grand Canyon Janitorial Supply, Speedway near Alvernon. Ryan, I mean, but it's true. Why are you laughing? Ryan goes there 
I mean, I have my Lemon D. I have the bath. I have all kinds of stuff, right? I have all kinds. Of, I have his version of Windex. I have his version of, of a Lysol spray. It all works better, lasts longer, um, is stronger, and is cheaper. I mean, that, that, that's what it comes down to. 100%. Right? Yep. Yes. And, and Ryan loves the fact that he actually was able to, uh, to use uh, Grand Canyon Janitorial Supplies version of Easy Off. It's stronger. Just find that in a can. You get, you want to get everything off your grill and make it look brand new again. It eat this. You spray it on. It eats all the carbon and he's stuck on food particles. Very minimal wiping is necessary. And Ryan did it to cast iron. It worked well, didn't it? Exactly. And like you said, it's wiping. It's not scrubbing or scraping. You no. literally wipe the stuff off after you've applied it. It's awesome. Yep. Yep. I'm telling you, it's there. I mean, he has his own. It's called Willis Window Cleaner. Again, when you go pay for Windex, this is what he told me, and you look at the ingredients, you're paying basically for just about 99% water. Um, you're not getting that with his. You get more of the stuff that actually cleans your windows and your mirrors. Uh, no ammonia, save for all the, the windows, the mirrors, the chrome, you name it. That's how good it is. He has so many great products for your business or home. Speedway near Alvernon and go to see all their products at Grand GrandPlanetAZ.com. All right, Gary Lewis with you. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, we have an update now. We're now down to 1,182 COVID patients in Arizona hospitals. 1,182. We were at 3517 a month ago on July 13th. We're down to 1,182. Also, in Pima County, uh, 6.99% positivity rate as of, uh, or for all of last week. That's a done deal. Hospital COVID-like illness down to 1.7%. It's supposed to be under 10. We got that. Uh, 75 cases per 100,000. We're at that level in Pima County. It's just the week before it spiked up because the, we had 700 inmates in, in Tucson test positive for the virus. And the Department of Health isn't doing anything to say, maybe we shouldn't count that in the stats for the general public. So things are going well, yet Amphi canceled school for the next six or seven weeks till uh, after fall break. Second thing I think you need to know. So uh, J.O., I just talked about J.O. Combs, school, there's a school district up in uh, Pinal County. Uh, every one of the teachers, apparently, it's what it says here. I mean, I thought it was every one. It was over 100, 109 teachers. Yes, now it's 109 teachers and staff requested not to work on Monday. Uh, the superintendent said, can we please not have in-person learning? The school board said, no, we're having it. They overrode him. Good school board. And now teachers are calling out sick. It's too dangerous. And isn't that, I don't know how many are going to show up, but apparently it says also students at the high school, Combs High School, are going to stage a march in support of teachers that did not call out sick at 10 a.m. this morning. Third thing I think you need to know, uh, the latest CNN poll shows Trump crushing, uh, well, getting close. Let's put it this way. Biden had a 14-point lead in early June in the CNN poll. Now it's down to four. And in the 15 swing states, including Arizona, Biden's only up by one. I'll get to more details in this. We have, we have more time in the show. Don Jr. tomorrow morning, 7.05. You don't want to miss it. Three things I think you need to know. So, um, I told you about that, right? So, again, the, the students are going to support the teachers. I wanted to make sure I brought that one up, too. How about this, though, again, just to jump back. We'll get to the Trump stuff, but just to jump back. 11... We're now down to below 1,200 people in the state of 7.2 million that are in hospitals because of the Chinese virus. How come Regina's not talking about how it's emptying out? The hospitals are now emptying out from COVID. We have no beds. Where is Regina on that, huh? Where is Regina? Why is the media not asking Regina? What's your take on what's going on right now? Nothing? Nothing for the Regina? 
I want to play for you uh, a little bit of the president this morning speaking on Fox and Friends about debates. Epic Trump. You ready for this? Here we go. We, you know, Joe, I, we can see that Joe doesn't want to debate. But here's, here's the story. If Joe makes it through the debate, I think you're an hour and a half. And I said only standing. You have to stand. <laughs> uh, but if Joe makes it through the debate, the news, the, uh, not you people. Not uh, you people. Let's see. The three of you, yeah. I'm pretty sure you'll call it straight. But the news will say... It was the greatest performance in the history of debating. He was brilliant. He was unbelievable. Joe Biden, all he has to do is, if he can make it off the stage and walk back unassisted, they will say it was the single greatest debate performance in history. You know that, and so do I. (laughs) I'm not done. I had to pause there just to laugh. Ah, That's fine. If he just makes it off stage, greatest debate performance ever. Uh, hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Joe, you're here with me, Don, the president, Joe. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I know you can. Just epic stuff from the president. I mean, he had, yeah, there you go. He had, he had a press conference on Saturday and, uh, and he was just like, Joe doesn't even know where Joe is. And I love when he's, it's true. This is what the, I mean, if you're a Democrat, that's what you have to choose from. Joe Biden, who's lost his mind, and Kamala, Kamala Harris, who who nobody likes her. I mean, she she literally dropped out before there were any real votes on candidates. That's how much the Democrats rejected her. And then she called America racist for not being ready for a black female president. And it's only Democrats that, of course, choose. So, and that, Great, great one, right? That, that's who we're going to pick. Why that's would they go back pick. to her? That's the big question. Like, you know she's not great at all. Why would you go back to her? Because and, and she's a black female. Maybe and maybe nobody else wanted to join him. I mean, who were, think about oh. who were his choices, right? He boxed himself in. They said he had to be a black female. Apparently, he did want uh, the white Gretchen Whitburn. She said, no, please choose a black woman. So she wanted no part of him. Yeah, no. He's such a loser, right? I mean, who, who are the other ones? You have Stacey Abrams. She's crazy. You have this other one, uh, Keisha Keisha Knight, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Keisha, what are we? Keisha yeah. Lance Bottoms. Yeah. The Atlanta mayor. You know, again, Biden Bottoms. Really? You know, and she's screwing up Atlanta. And then you have the other one, Val Demings, a former she's a congresswoman in Florida that nobody knows, and she was a uh, a uh, a police chief. So you know, they hate the police, the Democrat Party. Can't have that. Who else is? And then and then with Karen Bass. She is a commie that, yeah, she's a congressman of California that praised Castro for years. I mean, this is, they're, they're a, this is solid. They're a very, listen, they are a disaster, the Democrats. The whole party's a disaster, and the media is just trying to make it seem like they're not, but they totally are. Totally are. Okay, so if you're a Democratic, uh, Democrat voter and supporter of the party, yes. how are, yes. how do you, like, keep in the party? Like, Sane? I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't understand how you're like, oh, this is cool, this is fine. Like, because the, the Trump election derangement syndrome they have is so strong. If if the GOP so or, or or the Republicans whatever were doing the same the same kind of thing and on the same path, I I would be like, what is going on here? Like who yeah, are these people? Exactly. Like this is terrible. Like this is all we have. I mean, and I was kind exactly. of that way when it was Santorum, Newt, and Romney in 2012. Ugh. So get this. Okay. You want even better? Yeah. Story comes out from Politico on Friday. 
And it says here, quote, one Democrat who spoke to Obama recalled the former president warning, don't underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. Uh, don't listen don't under obama him this is lefty political reporting this don't under don't underestimate joe's ability to f things up and then political reported speaking of his own waning understanding of today's democrat electorate especially in iowa obama told one 2020 candidate quote and you know who really doesn't have it joe biden well then well then, and this is the guy, huh? You think it's gonna, again the, the Democrats really they're trying so hard to make an out for Trump to steal it because again it was it was all this he's he's not going to leave it now it's going to be well the only reason Trump won is because he he, just, he he didn't fund the postal service and there were a bunch of votes that weren't counted and that's that's what they're going to say and again the postal service I'll do all this at nine oh five the postal right. service union came out and said we don't need the money in the Heroes Act we'll be just fine putting the ballots in like there's no machines that count ballots that are going to be dropped out. It's it's fine. They're upset that uh, the new postmaster general is going to take away some blue mailboxes, which, by the way, Obama got rid of a whole bunch also. Nobody's using them. They're getting like 20 pieces of mail a day, they said, 25. It's not, it's, people don't use that stuff like you that gotta anymore. you got to consolidate. It's a waste. Of, they lose so much money that we have to pay for. Have, so much money. Have you seen the, uh, the ballot boxes now that they're talking about putting out there? People can come by and just drop off their ballots into these boxes randomly around town? It was on the, it was no, on Fox earlier. Yeah, I'll find a story for oh you. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's why they're 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 trying to do everything they can to cheat because they have no chance of winning, and they know that no chance at winning. Okay, zero zip zilch. Okay, um, listen, I have more. We'll get to the the poll numbers, which are just gr- you know, they're looking really good for Trump. I mean, if you want to believe in the polls, but this is a, even a, when he's looking good in a CNN garbage poll. You know things are on the way up. And they've always been that way. They just can't hide it anymore, okay? We'll get to that. And then it's honestly comical what they're trying to do about the post office, like a post office. People care about the freaking post office. It's crazy. Taylor Swift said it. Wow, okay. That just, there you go. I yep, see the post office. Fan they, mail. Exactly. You know, <laughs> well, and they, they again, again, Pelosi's first sentence in a letter saying House members come on back. She said that, you know, Trump doesn't give us the money. It'll, it'll delay Social Security checks from going out. Yet Obama, back in 2011, said we're no longer going to mail Social Security checks. We're going to save, I think it was $120 million, $120 billion. It was, it was some obscene number. Hang on, where's that? St- I have the story. He got rid of mailing out the checks. Uh, save $120 million a year. June 11, 2010, ABC News. Obama administration to start direct deposit. Check is not in the mail. So it's all coming up. Do not go anywhere. KNST AM 790 to com. All right, yes, let's continue. Garrett Lewis with you right on uh, KNST AM 792 Tucson's most stimulating talk. So uh, this the latest hoax, it's just entertaining. Like, I didn't want to talk about it, but then when I saw how desperate the Democrats are and the things they said about the post, do you think the post office is going to really make that much of a difference? Right? Do you really think that? Nancy Pelosi, Barack Obama lying about the post office. Wait, do you hear what Obama said? I have a flashback. Obama 
uh, back at the beginning of his presidency, talking about how bad the post office is and always you can't count on them and stuff like that. Um, but they want to blame Trump for this. We have that, the latest poll numbers, which are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and then apparently a classic comedy. When you go to watch it on HBO is now you get a warning before it. I'll get to all that coming up on KNST. Are you a survivor of sexual abuse while in the Boy Scouts? You may be entitled to compensation, no matter how long ago the abuse happened. But your time to file a claim is limited. Call 800-694-4469. That's 800-694-4469 for more information. As a result of thousands of victims filing sexual abuse claims, the Boy Scouts have filed for bankruptcy protection, and the bankruptcy court has set November 16, 2020 as the deadline for abuse survivors to file a claim. As a result of this bankruptcy, a victim's compensation fund is being set up that may be worth over $1.5 billion. If you are a survivor of sexual abuse while in the Boy Scouts, you may be entitled to compensation. Call 800-694-4469. That's 800-694-4469. And talk to one of the compassionate counselors for more information and to see if you may qualify. Your call is completely confidential. Call 800-694-4469 today. Sponsored by Sheldon Law Group. Call Strongville, the most comfortable call you'll ever make. Folks, it's KNST AM 792 Sons, most stimulating talk. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to have Don Jr. tomorrow morning, 7.05 right here on KNST. You don't want to miss that. I don't have to include a last name. When I say Don Jr., you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it's just Don Jr. How many Don Juniors are there that I would have on the show? Three things I think you need to know brought to you by Strongville Plumbing, Air, and Solar. Have I mentioned yet the Islanders are up 3-0 on the Washington Capitals? And that commie, Alex Ovechkin? Have I mentioned that? They're up 3-0. One game away from a sweep. Rangers... Approaching the first tee, the New York Rangers. Anyway, um, three things I think you need to know. Brought to you by Strawbill Plumbing, Aaron Solar. Number one. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, I don't think it's necessary. <laughs> yes, it is. Number one. Uh, Pima County finished the week at six point nine nine percent COVID positivity rate. Supposed to be under seven. Got that. Uh, the latest info about the schools, we're down to 75 cases per 100,000. That was going back to August 2nd, by the way. Next Sunday, we'll get the latest, and it'll be two weeks in a row of below that, and we'll hit that benchmark. We should have hit it before, but we're getting screwed here in Pima County because uh, last week they had was uh, the week of July 26th when 700-something inmates in the Tucson prison tested positive for the virus. So that jacked it up to over 100 per uh, 100,000. I mean, you take that away, it's like 98 or, or 100, I guess 100.2. We would have nailed it. We'd have been done. We'd have had both those benchmarks gone. Our COVID-like illness at hospitals down to 1.7%, supposed to be below 10. There you go. And like I said, 7.3% uh, uh, positive rate and then 6.99. So we're so close for everything in Pima County, yet Amphi canceled schools for the next six to seven weeks. Second, we have the, the interview will be up with our great uh, data guru. We had it two hours ago. It'll be up at KNST.com and on my Facebook page and Twitter and everything in about a half an hour. Second thing I think you need to know is that uh, teachers, 109 teachers and staff called in sick today for first day of in-school learning because they had it at J.O. Combs uh, Unified Schools up in Pinal County. They don't know how long these teachers are going to call out sick. This is how messed up they are. Students want to have a uh, staged walkout and show of support for the teachers that did 
go to work today. I think it's awesome. Not really a walk out like a march, like, hey, we support you, thank you. That's what we have. And the state superintendent of schools, Kathy Hoffman, said it's toxic to bring people back into schools. It's toxic. Toxic. From walking, talking union rep right there. Uh, who do these teachers think they are? Again, no Republicans criticizing these teachers that I see publicly, maybe privately, maybe a tweet. Where is there any more? Can anything happen? Third thing I think you need to know, Trump's numbers are absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, CNN poll, he was down 14 early June to uh, Biden. He's now within four. Down only one in the swing states, 15 of them, including Arizona. Well, uh, more on that coming up. Three things I think you need to know. How about that? Let's just do that, shall we? So the CNN poll, again, Trump's down 50 to 46. He was down 14 early June, two months ago. Now it's down to four. And this is in the, in the it's still a shady CNN poll, by the way. Um... 10-point swing. How about that? And have you have this, people are making a big deal about the DNC. How boring can you get? Michelle Obama is the featured speaker. Oh, yay. But you know what? I love Trump. Trump gets it, unlike other politicians. And granted, a lot of politicians are not likable, right? Well, he's the most hated, dude. If you love Trump, you love Trump. You know, Trump's not waiting the last day. He's going to be doing stuff every day, all four days of the RNC, which is smart, isn't it? How come nobody else thought of that? Like, if you have, like, the kingmaker, right? You have the guy. You have the, the star of the show. Why would you want to keep him away for, for four days? Makes no sense, doesn't it? I mean, the whole point is to get the president reelected. Every other president, whether either party, they, they wait until the last day to do something. Doesn't it make sense to get him out there as much as you can? He's the star. The guy gets it. He gets it. By the way, this poll was taken while the announcement of uh, Kamala Harris was actually happening. The poll was taken from August 12th to the 15th. They really don't like Kamala, do they? President has boosted his uh, backing from conservatives. This is the write-up from CNN. CNN's polling director, Jennifer Agista, wrote the Trump uh, has shored up a lot of key demographics. You ready for this one? President has boosted his backing among conservatives from 76 to 85%. Oh. The movement in the poll among voters nationwide since June is concentrated among men. They split about evenly in June, but now 56% back Trump and just 40% back Biden. Oh, baby. You're a real man. You don't back Joe Biden. Those between the ages of 35 and 64, they tilt toward Trump now, but they were Biden-leaning back in June. Independence in June, Biden held a 52-41 lead. Now it's just 46-45 Biden. Oh, man. When it comes to partisans, 8% of Republicans or Republican-leaning independents in June said they'd back Biden. Now it's down to four points. Oh, man. How about them apples? So it's looking all right, right? I mean, it's not looking bad. The Trump seems to be, uh, how do I say, uh, catching on? Huh? Now that, because, you know, now people are kind of paying attention a little bit. Nobody really cared. Nobody was really going, you know, nobody was getting into it. Now they're starting to get into it. All right. Now, now they're starting to get into it. Okay. Uh, I have a Bidenism for you. He's in his basement. 
Biden doesn't know what Biden's saying. I'm just letting you know right now. He's talking to, you ready for this? Cardi B. He's doing a YouTube interview with Cardi B. Isn't Cardi B the one that claims that she, she, when she worked as a stripper and an escort, she drugged guys and robbed them? Isn't she the one that did that, Cardi B? Unbelievable. So Cardi B, well, listen, hang on. This, this is just something for you. Cardi B, Joe Biden, listen to this. This is very short. You know what I'm saying? I, I, You're telling I me? I got four kids, five grandkids. Come on. I'm an expert. You know? Um, you heard five grandkids? He actually has seven. Seven. Apparently, he doesn't like those two kids very much, those two grandkids. Joe Biden. Joe Biden out there doing a hard-hitting interview with Cardi B. I'm an expert. I got four kids. I got five grandkids. Actually, Joe, you have seven grandkids. Do you just not remember the other two grandkids? How do you forget your grandkids? Joe, Joe doesn't know where he is, as the, as the Don said. Yeah, he doesn't know where he is. Maybe he's a Republican. <laughs> Maybe they're Republican. Those are the two Biden grandkids are supporting Trump. You guys are out. <laughs> I don't count them. Yeah, you're getting nothing. You're not getting any of this Chinese money that I earned. You're not getting any of that. No, 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 no. No chance. Dude, this is... Oh, it's so good. It's still good. Um... Uh, and then people want to get excited for the Democratic National Convention. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, I have I have much much more for you. And again, I got I have to get to. I have to get to the post office stuff into greater detail. Okay, it's very important. Um, I also have to get into HBO warning about a classic comedy, which I have to admit I never found it really that funny to begin. With. I couldn't get through it, but people think it's hilarious. There's now a warning label when you tune into HBO to watch this. They give you a warning to make sure you don't become racist by watching this comedy. Swear it, you can't make this stuff up. It's all coming up. Do not go anywhere. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's. Mo. I could use some of that high-class brass monkey right about now. I really could. Gary Lewis with you. KNST AM 792 Sons. Most stimulating talk. Do you think anybody else is going to actually call the Pima County Health Department for, uh, you know, just, just letting uh, 700 inmates sway the, uh, the COVID numbers in Pima County? Is anybody else going to do that? Anybody else? Probably not. Right? Probably not. So just when you're like, what's the next thing they're going to do? Like, what's the next hoax that could possibly happen? The post office. As if anybody, and my wife's like, what is going on with this post office? Stuff? I'm like, don't, you don't even want to know. Like, you don't even, you don't want to know. The post office loses so, so much money. Right. And who uses the post office anymore? People are ordering things online. Right. And if they have to go mail stuff, they can put it in their mailbox and put the flag up. And apparently nobody's really using the post office like they uh, like they used to. Yet. And, and by the, and the mailbox, it, it loses. I mean, geez, the post it loses so much money. Right. They need a big bailout. And uh, apparently 
Uh, good old Nancy is uh, calling the House members back and saying we are going to vote for the Heroes Cares Act, whatever it is. This latest round of stimulus, okay? Latest round of stimulus. And we're calling them back because if we don't do this, we're going to have big problems. We're going to have huge, huge problems, is what she said. First off, by the way, let me, before I tell you the problems that she promised you, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. Is it bad? Okay, so let me just tell you. The post office themselves are like, we don't have a problem here. Okay? It says the National Association of Letter Carriers and American Postal Workers Union. You ready for this? They say unequivocally, no matter how much the administration tries to undermine the trust in the postal system, the system remains fully capable of delivering every single ballot cast by mail in a secure and timely manner. Oh, no kidding. Indeed, the National Association of Letter Carriers assures even if every single vote in the November 2020 election were cast by mail, the Postal Service would have no problem delivering the ballots whether or not Congress provides the funding included in the HEROES Act. So, I mean, what more do you want? This is a crisis. Trump is going to use this to win. Trump is going to... Okay. So here's some more lies. And I'm just telling you these straight up because you need to know them. So uh, Nancy writes a letter to the House members, and it's out there for, for the public, for the media to use. And she writes, Democratic, Dear Democratic colleague, the Postal Service is a pillar of our democracy and uh, provides critical services, delivering prescriptions, Social security checks. That's what she writes. They deliver. They deliver. If you don't get this, if you don't come back and vote for this, people are not going to get their social security money. That should cause a panic, right? She's lying through her teeth. This is what Democrats, she's lying through her fake teeth that barely stay in her mouth. The Democrats got rid of that 10 years ago. ABC News, June 11, 2010. The check is not in the mail. Obama administration to start direct deposit. On Monday, the Obama administration will announce that all payments from the government will now be made to consumers electronically, ABC News has learned. Oh. Americans receiving payments for Social Security, unemployment insurance, veterans, all this stuff, right? They're going to have it automatically deposited into their personal bank accounts. Why the shift to direct deposits? Two reasons. One, it'll be easier and faster for consumers to get paid. And two, it'll save taxpayers money. An estimated $303 million over the first five years and about $120 million each year after that. So she's threatening if Trump doesn't come to the table, Republicans will come to the table, our, uh, your, your Social Security checks not being delivered is a total lie. It is a total lie. Obama did that in June of 2010. Gets even better. Gets even better. Here's a story from uh, Friday, 3.20 p.m. Obama, quote, uh, Obama says, Trump trying to kneecap postal service to win election. Again, that's because that's what he has to do, right? So Obama himself directed, okay, no more checks being mailed out, direct deposit only. Direct deposit only. Funny, Obama sent tweets out Friday morning. If you're in a state, this is what Obama tweeted. If you're in a state where you have the option to vote early, do that now. 
Right? He's, he's given the warning. He's given the warning. Everyone depends on the United States Postal Service. Seniors for their Social Security. Does he not know that he himself changed it to where Social Security is now automatically directly deposited into an account? So the guy that actually uh, made that change to save taxpayers $120 million a year now says that seniors count on the Postal Service for Social Security. And again, the Postal Service itself said, even if we don't get this extra money, we will hand, even if everybody does a mail-in ballot, every vote, we will deliver it, not a problem. Like, how much more do you need? Right? How much more do you need? It's crazy. You want to comment, you feel free. 880-KNST, 880-5678. So that's let's Oh, by the way, let's play one more, Ryan. Let's play, let's play a quick soundbite. This is, uh, this is going back, uh, number 47. This is Obama back in 2009 when he's trying to convince people. This is August 11th, 2009. He was trying to get Obamacare done. And he's talking, he's comparing, uh, the Postal Service. Uh, and healthcare to private, the private industry and everything like that. Just, just listen. Here we go. Here we go. Listen. Then I think private insurers should be able to compete. They do it all the time. I mean, if you think about, if you, if you think about it, uh, you know, UPS and FedEx are doing just fine. Right? The, the uh, no, they are. I mean, it's, it's the post office that's always having problems. Yep. Yep, there you go. Uh, I just find this stuff and it's there. And then people that don't want to believe that want to think that Trump is ruining everything because he's going to get rid of, uh, or he's going to make the post office great again. Don't you love that? He is getting rid of boxes, those blue boxes. He doesn't want people to be able to vote there. Oh, oh okay. Right. That's Because the, they can't go out to their home and put it in their mailbox with the flag up. That's too much. They it, it, they could skip that and go drive somewhere. Oh, by the way, that's not very great. By the way, here you go. Wait, hang on. In September of 2016, guess who was president? Isn't Obama? The U.S. Postal Service Inspector General noted, "quote Nationally, the number of collection boxes declined by more than 12,000 in the past five years." That was under Obama. So during the Obama Biden administration, they removed 12,000. Blue mailboxes. So why are they making a big... Oh, Trump's going to get rid of those blue mailboxes, too. That's what he's doing. That's... Oh, yeah. Why'd they do it, by the way? Nobody really uses them. As part of its effort to keep its collection infrastructure proportionate to customers' needs at a reasonable cost, the Postal Service has eliminated underused collection boxes that, on average, receive fewer than 25 pieces a day. Mailboxes have been removed for lack of use and installed in growth areas, a spokesperson told The Hill. Biggest scandal ever. Yeah. I just debunked it for you in about, what, six minutes? It's not that hard to do. Crooked media. 
crooked, crooked media. Watch the local media do stories about how it's going to be harder to vote by mail now. 100% guarantee it. We'll continue. Don't go anywhere. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 792, Sons. Most. Hi, yes. Hi, Garrett Lewis with you. KNST, AM 792, Sons. Most stimulating talk. Really quick, let's jump to James. James, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hey, uh, Garrett, how you doing, brother? Good. What's happening, man? What's happening? I just want—I I love the show. I listen every day. But a little uh, sports levity here. There has never been a hockey team to go to five straight Stanley Cup Finals and winning four, and that's the New York Islanders, baby. That's true. That's true. Not I'm waiting for the big setup where you try to... 30s and 40s and 50s. The Islanders went to five straight, winning four. So um, you keep it up with the Islanders. That's my team, too. But everybody talked about the Buffalo Bills going through four straight Super Bowls, winning none. We went to five Losers. straight Stanley Cups, winning four. Love you, brother. Losers. Hey, do you not know that I know this? I'm the ultimate Islanders fan. Did he hang up? That's too bad. He's giving me history on my own team. 19 consecutive playoff series wins will never be matched again in any sports league ever. Only to be trained by John Tavares. <laughs> yeah, had to go there. I had to who, go by there. The way, is, who, by the way, had a season ended because his team sucks in Toronto. Right behind, I guess, they're behind the Rangers Pajama on the, boy. On the green. <laughs> you know, when we make it to the Stanley Cup, exactly, when we make it to the Stanley Cup finals, we're going to have to get a bunch of Islanders fans because there are a decent amount of Islanders fans. I actually know a guy who does radio uh, back in New York. I don't know him personally, but I, I've heard him. And he talked about how there's actually a contingent in Tucson of Islanders fans, actually. There's like an Islanders meetup to go watch Islanders games. And the good thing is we could probably get one table at a restaurant because there'd be less than 10 of us. Because <laughs> we're winners. Anyway, um, I have so much. Yes, we're winners. Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. I'm not jealous. I'm envious. And where are, where are the Capitals fans? Where are they? They are nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Um, I have more. Oh, do I have more? I go ahead to the HBO story. Do you, know what, do you know what movie it is that they now actually have like a warning before it so if you watch it, you don't become a racist? I'll tell you about it coming up. Don't go anywhere.com. Hi, right, Garrett Lewis with you here. Thanks for making it your morning ritual. KNST AM 790. Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, we are now down to below 1,200 COVID patients in Arizona hospitals. We're at 1,182. That's the update uh, from this morning. Uh, it's Pima County itself, again, down to 6.99% for last week for the COVID positive rate. It's below 7. The week before, we only had 7.3%. Uh, the, the, the amount of cases per 100,000, we were at 75. The last week that they gave the update yesterday was, was August 2nd for schools. 75 cases per 100,000 people. The week before, we were at 138 because there were, there were 700 inmates that tested positive last week in July, and it impacted the numbers. And the Pima County Health Department's not doing anything about it, neither is the state. It's ridiculous. Uh, we have a, a COVID-like illness in hospitals down to 1.7%. That's it. That goes in there. We're supposed to be below 10. We are crushing it in everything, and yet... People are freaking out as if 
the end of the world is coming. And, and Amphi schools canceled all in-person classes through fall break, which is like seven weeks from now, some point in October. It's crazy. Two months. Two more months. Is it ever going to open? Is it ever going to open? Uh, second thing I think you need to know. Um, there are 109 teachers and staff have called in sick to J.O. Combs schools, that school district up in uh, Pinal County. It's too hard. It's too dangerous. Too this, too that. Yeah, okay. The, the school board overrode the superintendent and said we're, we're starting in person August 17th. They just don't want to work. Who do these teachers think they are? What makes them better than everybody else? And again, the science says kids aren't spreaders of this. There was another op-ed in the New York Times by a pediatrician in the New York Times that said that. Science. It's all about the kids, right? Third thing I think you need to know, President Trump was down 14 points in a garbage CNN poll back in early June to Biden. Now the same garbage poll, he's only down four points. And he's only down one when it comes to swing states, including Arizona. And he is shoring up key demographics. He's winning among men now, 56 to 40 over Biden. I mean, it's phenomenal. And let me tell you, yes, mothers, the suburban moms, they're going to totally vote for Biden who coddles Antifa. Sure, that's going to happen. Three things I think you need to know. So from the uh, the insane uh, situation, um, and Ryan's going to make fun of me now, and we've talked about this on the air, I've tried really hard, maybe I should try harder to watch Blazing Saddles. I just don't find it, I didn't find it, and I like Mel Brooks, but I didn't find it funny. I know you found it funny, right? I love it. Maybe I should watch it again with more, maybe I was just tired, I don't know. But you ready for this? The Hollywood Reporter writes... That HBO Max has Blazing Saddles streaming on it, right? So if you go, you have HBO Max, whatever that is. Okay. HBO combining with things. You put on, oh, I want to watch Blazing Saddles. Well, before the movie starts, there's an introduction that automatically plays. And it's apparently, uh, oh, I, I guess, Jacqueline Stewart. She is a host for Turner Classic Movies. And University of Chicago Cinema and Media Studies. She's a professor, Jacqueline Stewart. And she does the intro to Blazing Saddles. She also did the intro for Gone with the Wind. It's more than three minutes. You ready for this? It's more than three minutes long. She in her intro puts the bigotry and racist language in Blazing Saddles into context. She says, quote, as the storyline implies. The issue of race is front and center in Blazing Saddles, and the racist language and attitudes pervade the film. But those attitudes are espoused by characters who are portrayed here as explicitly small-minded, ignorant bigots. The real and much more enlightened perspective is provided by the main characters, played by Cleavon Little and Gene Wilder. She gives a freaking warning label, a warning label, that when you watch this, don't think it's true. Okay? They're only characters. Don't be a racist like them. It's not good. And I'm thinking, are they going to start doing that with every movie? Like, are vampires not real? Werewolves? Is it not real when some Hollywood guy does eight somersaults and shoots everybody directly between the eyes with his gun? Does that not really happen? That's the Bollywood. Are they going to explain every movie? Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) They They literally want to explain what every movie means because we're too stupid to know it. And they're make sure you don't get racist by watching it. Now, again, I've seen a little bit of it. And considering that I know Mel Brooks and I know what a movie is, they literally made fun of racism. 
That's what that wasn't that what it was about. Again, I did. You saw it, right? Didn't they pretty much just laugh at racism and point out how stupid it was by the characters being who they were? That's that's what it is, right? I I guess I, I just watched it because it was yeah. it was a it was a good movie, it was it was entertaining funny. movie. But I mean, the they people that were racist. Well, there, there's that, you know, and then of course there's this one. Hey, where are the white women at? So I mean, there's the which I, you know, when I was day, I always asked that, right? That's that's where I always asked. Oh. Um. So I, I, I just, I just want to know. Oh my god. Uh, again, I mean, they anybody that was racist looked like an idiot in that movie. They laughed at it. That was the whole point of it, right? Mm-hmm. And now they have to have that in. So again, so. Are they going to have to, my favorite comedian, Sebastian Maniscalco, are they going to have to actually do disclaimers before you watch his, his uh, c- comedy shows? I mean, this, this is how stupid this is. Dumb HBO. I mean, people, I mean, you, you just, you don't get more insane than that. And they just insult our intelligence by doing this stuff, right? That's what they do. That's so, what they're doing. But what um, is the point? Because you, you pay for that channel. And you have to select that movie. You know what you're getting yourself into. And if you don't and because, you watch it, yes. who are you going to go crazy? That's to? the point, though. The, that's the point, though, is that they're af- HBO is afraid that people are going to say, you are promoting racism by showing this movie. And they're going to say, no, no, we curbed it. We told people before it started, that's not really a wise thing to do. Like, we're too still. Like, it's a comedy. You're laughing at jokes. And they're just afraid of the cancel culture crowd and the snowflake crowd that everything is taken seriously, you know? So the same people that, that are demanding this happen and HBO is getting out in front because they don't want to deal with these idiots, but they're the ones that say, you know, you can't call it a handicap spot anymore. What do you call it? You know, it's, the, it's the same person with disability. Too many words. Well, whatever. But that's what they, you know, it, it, it hurts feelings. And I'm like, wait, what? It's just like, oh, I got one for you. A buddy of mine sends me a, a screenshot. He's got a friend of his lives in North Carolina. I meant to bring this up too. This is what this cancel culture is, is doing now. And he writes me a text over the weekend He's with a screenshot. He goes, buddy of mine in North Carolina just got this in his mailbox. Apparently his friend lives in North Carolina in what is called the Wakefield Plantation neighborhood. Right? Okay, yeah. And he gets a thing in his mailbox. Let's take the plantation out of Wakefield. Let me remind you, it wasn't ever actually a plantation. It just makes it seem, you know, when you think of plantation, you think of big, big, beautiful, like trees and grass Lots and a peaceful acres. place. And it's gorgeous, right? Yeah. yeah, beautiful stuff, beautiful stuff. Well, they want it out of there. Why? They write, to most in the marginalized African-American community, the plantation brings to mind Old South slavery and oppression. This is not who we are. The land Wakefield was built on was never a plantation. There are no historic ties this area to this area that would make that word necessary. So these people are so insane that on a land that was never actually a real plantation, they don't want to call it the Wakefield Plantation anymore because some people will think it was a plantation or they're just somehow saying, we call it this and therefore it's going to hurt people's feelings that are white or black because they think it's a real plantation. I'm not, our objective, this is a call to all Wakefield residents to come together as a community to show our neighbors that everyone is welcome. Are they not? Taking away a hurtful, triggering word is just a small step toward that goal. They want to replace the word plantation. This is the Wakefield Plantation Homeowners Association 
and they want to replace the word plantation with just taking it out. Just they just just call it the Wakefield Homeowners Association, I guess. Hmm. Well, you know what, what we got to do to be, uh, I mean, sensitive to this is maybe take the word "old" out of "old pueblo." Because young people live here as well, not just the old people who live, and and the old the people playroom. don't want to be called old, exactly. Right? You know, just like like golf, they used to call it the senior tour. That was offensive. Now it's called the champions tour. That's kind of even cool though some of them like... never. But but you know what? What if they've never won a champion? Then they're lying. There are some of those oh. golfers never actually won anything when they were on the PGA tour. It's the champions tour. Can't say senior because that's just that makes them feel bad and stuff. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? It's true. When is that going to be applied sure. to high school then? I don't seniors, freshman, I know sophomore, junior, freshman, senior, yeah. seniors. I know. Look, remember we did the story about how that Canadian yeah. um, uh, CEO said, "Don't call me chief anymore. It's offensive." Come on, <laughs> this is this is crazy. But this is what these and then you got to stand up to these idiots. That's all you have to do. You got to stand up to them. Oh, I got. I have. I have another one. I have to get to. Um, but it, oh it. yeah, Disney. Disney, because if you listen to the show for a while, you know that I hate Disney, ESPN, Disney, ABC, the commies never want to take my kids to Disneyland and I won't. And they'll be just fine. I never went to (laughs) Disneyland. I turned out. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Story I saw uh, from Breitbart Disney channels. The Owl House features Disney's first bisexual lead character. Is it necessary? It's it's just to indoctrinate. If I'm against it, doesn't mean I hate bisexuals or I'm against it, but I don't think kids need to watch this. Owl House? It's on the Disney Channel. Yeah, the Owl House, O-W-L. And apparently it is a supernatural animated series about a 14-year-old Dominican-American girl who goes on magical adventures and becomes a witch, right? So a recent episode, again, this is a 14-year-old, a recent episode revealed her sexuality when she dances with another female character during a prom sequence. Dana Terrace said she wanted to create a character who reflected her own sexuality. I'm bi. I want to write a bi character, uh, damn it. Putting agenda into your... Oh, that's good. Exactly. Into the Disney Channel cartoon aimed at, aimed at teenagers. Nobody cares about you. That's why... Listen, I, I will put my agenda in a little bit. I'm a hypocrite of the Islanders. Not much. But I know what you want to hear. I know what you want to talk about. The Owl House. Yeah. That's what they're doing. She said, representation matters. Always fight to make what you want to see. As Owl House continues, I can't wait to explore things that are more important to me and my crew. Looking forward to the next chapter. So if you put out a show that's nothing, let's say, but but quote, to use a phrase out there, white people, is that racism? Because that's what you want to see and what you want to do. Is, will that make you racist? Hey, where are the white women at? I don't know. Fill it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, come on, just, just gosh. Why yeah, can't you just get back yeah. to being just fun and winning? because people, and that's why you know we used to just tell these people just shut up, yeah. right? Yeah. And now for some reason, because they write on Twitter and they write email, like again, I don't understand businesses. <clears throat> you should just ignore them, like ignore them, and they go away. I'm I'm a little bit behind. We have more coming up. Don't go anywhere. Don Junior tomorrow morning, seven oh five. I'm back in just an advisor. Hi, Gary Lewis with you here on KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. You want to hear how insane some of this stuff is? I know you want to. Uh, A story I saw over the weekend, 
At an Orange County, California grocery store, there were people walking around without masks. So the store manager got everybody out, left them in there, locked the doors, locked them inside, and called police. And these people in Kami, California, in Costa Mesa, arrested for not wearing a mask while inside. This is where we are now. There's a heat wave going on there, arrested for not wearing a mask while inside. And they locked him in there. Would they do that for illegals or would that just not be nice? Huh? All right, uh, going to have the uh, interview with our data guy up at Candace.com in minutes. Don Jr., tomorrow morning, 7.05 on his dad coming to Arizona. Rush Wherever you get your podcast. KNST, Tucson, from the Trajan Wealth Studio, your local fiduciary, TrajanWealth.com. This is KNST AM 790.